The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, everyone, to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And welcome back for, I mean, anyone coming back to the show, uh, to our Halloween celebration here on Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last episode, we talked about Dracula and Frankenstein. And we're continuing it with a personal favorite of mine. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, how you doing, dude, too? In this uh, lovely July that we're recording this. Um, I'm alright, you know. Just, uh, I, I just, just, I went through work and it was certainly a Monday, um, you know. I had like six hours of sleep <laughs> and today <laughs> some stuff had to get rearranged for the day and but other than that I'm okay. Um I've what have I been doing? I've been watching some some stuff here and there. I watched um Secret of the Blue Room. Oh. I've never heard of it. It's like a it's like a it's a mystery. Basically these there's like some like there's sort of this legend or this story about this blue room where three people died um, under mysterious circumstances, and they all <coughs> sort of they sort of one of them challenges the other two to sleep in this room for a night, and people okay. start getting killed off or disappearing. Shenanigans happens. It's sixty five minutes. It's got um, <laughs> it's got Lionel Atwell, who's somebody I'm amazed hasn't appeared on our show yet. Uh, and then Paul Lucas, who has appeared on our show because Professor Aranax from 20,000 Leagues. And oh. Gloria Stewart, who's appeared on our show at least a of twice. T- yeah, uh, Invisible Man and in Titanic. Yes, she's, she's very good here. Um, you know, so it's a solid little movie. I got it from Kino Lorber, the disc from Kino Lorber. Um, okay. You know, and it's interesting to note, too, that the director of the movie uh, also made the original Fly oh yeah um so there's that and i also now again we don't know what the the actors um strike at this point so this part might get cut out depending on whatever i saw the new mission impossible (laughs) (laughs) all right uh dead reckoning part one this again this is all the way this is october guys so listen if you're hearing about my opinions on mission impossible at this point it's (laughs) <laughs> i mean our next episode we recorded significantly earlier so yes. <laughs> like that one that the one's order. got yeah yeah the order is all messed up we really just go by vibes when we want to do things honestly yeah pretty much um but it's incredible 
Uh, I mean, some some amazing stunt work. Haley freaking Atwell. Um, like gem, gem. Like she is like it's like she's great in other things. Obviously, you we we talked about her in um, Captain America: First Avenger. You know that kind of stuff, and she's just done different things. But this really feels like like a star like performance. You know, obviously it's a Tom Cruise movie because it's Mission Impossible, and he's you know he does the Tom Cruise uh, business, of course. <laughs> the Tom Cruise business. You know, that's but... the vagueness of that sounds so scary. My phone just vibrated. <laughs> that's also Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh no, Tom Cruise just texted me. Why are you talking about me? He just find he just found out uh, we were he, he just found out we were dissing Tom Cruise business. Um, <laughs> the whole whole cast is is terrific. These movies are a lot of fun, and I uh, if I'm being honest, I think this is one of one of the better like because lately we've had like movies that are like part one, and not this is not a new thing, but I feel like it's happening yeah. happening more frequently over mm. the last like couple of years because um, obviously we had uh, Across the Spider Verse. You know, Dune Part One. Uh, you know, there's there it. Ob- it, yeah, it's a bit. That's a big one. Um, and the event, like Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, is a two part movie. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it. Um, and I think this is probably one of the better ones. I think honestly, because I didn't, I didn't feel gypped at the end, as far as like okay. an experience. So, I, 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 hopefully by this point I will have seen it. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's going to probably be in theaters for a while, but um, especially if by now the, you know, the strike's still going on, which would suck if it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully by now I'll have seen it because I, I watched all of the other Mission Impossible movies like a couple years ago for the first time. And I was actually planning to do one of those cinematic blind spot videos about it, but I just never got around to it. And then I ended up doing Fast and Furious instead, <laughs> right. which that is a f- I I my friend just bought the tenth one on Voodoo, so I might watch that at some point just so I can keep up. And plus, you know, I've obviously heard about Jason Momoa, so I'm like, uh, yeah, I probably gotta check this out at some point. The clips of him, on, I know, I think I said this before. The clips of him I've seen on Twitter are, are delightful. <laughs> Here we go. That's so fun. <laughs> He's like, I know exactly what kind of movie this is, and I'm ready for it. Let's do this. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, I think, I think that's that's really about it. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, I you know I'm I'm getting pretty hyped for our Disney trip coming up. Which again, for us, it's coming up by now. It'll have already happened. Hopefully, successfully. No hurricanes. No interferences, no uh, me standing on something and you yelling at me and me saying, get off my back. Hopefully none of that happens. Uh. <laughs> All very, uh, very broad things that happen to anybody, honestly. Yeah, no, there's, there's no one. there's no specifics. No. Or anything. No, no, Absolutely no. not. No pressure. <laughs> um, but no, I'm getting pretty excited about it. Um, I actually found out, and I told this to Joey uh, not long ago, but I found out my sister's going to be in Orlando that same week that we're like, literally our travel days bookend while they're there. <laughs> it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Um, there's your Taylor Swift reference for you. Um, <laughs> but no, she'll be there, which, 
you know, her and I, you know, she's been wanting to go to Disney with me for a while. So at least it, if it happens by accident, then that's fun. If anything, because yeah. you know, most every Disney trip I've had has been with you, and um, you know, that's that's kind of our like, like, because we cause obviously we live in different states, so like that's our way of like hanging out in person, because. Yeah, that's just what we do. It's like when Lu- Lu- Lucas and Spielberg, I think, like they take a vacation. Yeah, we are <laughs> Lucas and Spielberg of podcasting. <laughs> who is who? That's up for you to decide. That's yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of newer movies, again, you know, depending on the situation, we can cut this out. But um, I watched that Netflix movie, Nimona. Which was that was that was really good. I've heard good things. That was that was really good. It kind of like you know you probably I don't you, you, some of you probably have heard the story, but like this was supposed to be one of those blue sky animated films until Disney bought 20th Century Fox and then shut down that animation studio. So then, and I think they also like kind of pushed against Nimona because there's a lot of uh, LGBTQ like. Uh, aspects to it which are very like it's a, it's heavy in the movie compared to a lot of other films um which it's so nice to see that represented um the movie itself it kind of um like how do i explain this imagine like the sort of vibes of like zootopia where you have uh these two characters that are unlikely to like meet each other and uh, they they fight the they fight the establishment in a way, only for the establishment to like try to have them fight each other or like one of them says something dumb and then like inherently upsets the other person, and then it's just like now like imagine that kind of structure but like thematically it's different obviously because Zootopia is focused on like racism and this is focused on LGBTQ, but also imagine that it actually works. <laughs> both on the surface and below. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to, like, because I was watching, I'm like, this makes me think of Zootopia in a different fashion, but, like, if Zootopia worked without, like, digging too far into it, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. Um, which, I say that as someone who likes the movie Zootopia, <gasps> but I, I can't deny that when you really think about it, it's like, huh, all right. <laughs> okay. It's a it's could have been a little bit more thought out, but all right. Um, but it's a really, it's a really fun story. It's kind of like a, um, uh, world wise. It's like a, like a futuristic fantasy sort of thing. So like all these characters are like dressed as knights with ar- suits of armor and everything. It's like, it's like medieval times, but with like computers and stuff. Mm. So it's kind of like a unique, uh, uh, visual style. Chloe Grace Moretz and Riz Ahmed are amazing in the film. One of the Try Guys is in it, which I had no clue. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's pretty cool. He plays um, the love interest of Riz Ahmed's character. I thought someone was coming to the room. I was like, getting ready. No, no, no. I was just, because, um, <laughs> like, again, I, I, re- I, I record these in my basement, guys. So sometimes there's all sorts of noises that happen. Get out. Get out. No, is, this is uh, my room. Get out. You get out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
no, I do highly recommend Nimona. And uh, I do. it makes me actually want to read the graphic novel it's based on, too, so I might do that at some point. But mm. it's it was, it was a lot of fun. Animation was really good. And, you know, it, like, on one hand, it's like, Disney passed on this, but it's like, it doesn't surprise me, but, you know, maybe it's too good for Disney, but also, I feel like it's too good for Netflix. So. Let's be real. <laughs> Anything the studio, is too good for the studio. It's truly too good for the studio. Unless it's the Flash. <laughs> then it's just, we're stuck. But and it's like, you deserve that fate. Um, that's, that's a... That's a, that's a whole other conversation yeah, that sorry. I don't really want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I'll make a video about it, but that's the last. That'll be like, the only reason I'll make a video about it is be like, I don't ever want to talk about it again, so it, here's everything, and then I'm we, done. If we ever got big enough to where people are just like, hey, what do you guys think of The Flash? And you just post that video, and that's, that's, it does the work. <laughs> like, I'm not... Uh, by by now, I think I will have watched it, at least. So at least I'll have some context when I talk about it. But at the same time... Ugh! Uh, that's too much. Um, but, no, Demone is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, if you ever get around to watching it. Um, uh, other than that, uh, work's been kind of crazy. You know what happened to me the other day? What's so this will be this is funny because in our in the scream episode I had another work sort of related episode but that one was very crazy <laughs> so stay tuned for the next episode because you'll hear a, a wild work story from months ago um, this one was more like minuscule like oh of course that happened so um I have a fairly regular routine when I get ready for work so like I mostly work nights sometimes I'll do like doubles and that's only ever really when I work morning anymore but I'll start getting ready probably about an hour before I have to leave the house so I try to leave the house like half hour before so I try, I get to work like 10 minutes early every day um because why not um and uh Joey's just staring at me <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, just it was just a little scary. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> I'm Here, I'll, sorry. Look, I'll, I'll look over. <laughs> no, look at Samurai Jack actually behind you. That that might be better. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the Joey stared at Samurai Jack, and then I could just really rip into him. Joey's the war. <laughs> You know, Jack, you know, Jack, it, it's, it's, like, in all seriousness, I don't know why I still do this. This is, this is I mean, I do have video evidence of Joey saying that he does not consider me his friend. This is, that is, that is a fact true statement. That, that, is, there's a, that is a fact Which is that. Fo followed by my brother, ever so friendly and, and, and politely saying, hello. <laughs> that's so amazing <laughs> this fun little derailment anyway so um my routine is like the the night before i'll get my clothes washed for work and then the then the morning after i'll get in the shower but as i'm in the shower i'll start the dryer so i can dry my clothes or at least give them like a second cycle because i know my dryer um and uh, I noticed that my clothes were getting like stains on them, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go through it like a second time in the wash, and really try to get it scrubbed out. Um, but my washer decided to stop working, 
<laughs> so like I go back downstairs after a half an hour thinking, oh, I'm ready to throw them in the, in the dryer. Nope. They're just soaking wet, covered in soap. And I'm like, well, I have to get in the shower in like three minutes. So <laughs> let's see if we can make this work. So I just let it go through like the rinse and spin cycle so that yeah. I, at the very least I can get that done. And I'm like, all right, I'll try 30 minutes of sticking it in the dryer and hopefully that works. But my shirt and my pants were just like soaking wet. So I'm like wringing them out. Just and I bring them over to the dryer. I throw them in there. They're still like so filled with water. And it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, okay, let's just get this over with. Um, so I'm getting ready and I'm like, I got to leave at 4.30. It takes an hour to properly dry my clothes. So I'll just do the best I can. I'll turn the temperature on high. We'll see what happens. So by the time I leave my house, my clothes are, are incredibly damp, if not great, not wet, but definitely really damp. So like. I'm walking out of my house just like I just walked through a rainstorm. <laughs> um, so that was that was a fun day. Thankfully, you know, it was really hot that day. But so it's like my clothes were able to dry, but now I'm sweating. So like now it's just water from the wash is being taken out, but then sweat is replacing it. <laughs> so that's a uh, yeah. That's a that's that's how you that's how you effectively do a, a work routine <laughs> trying to you know go to work and everything um that was a fun day and then and then the day was crazy because like we're we're in kind of an influx at work like there's so many people leaving because of that costco that's being built i might have mentioned this a while ago by now it'll have been a while ago but um so a bunch of people have left already to go to work at the costco and again i don't blame them but um now it's just like we're trying to hire as many people as possible. And so we have all these new people that have never worked at, like some of them have worked before, but have never worked at my job. So it's it's really like I've had to like go double time to what I normally do just to be like, okay, do you know what you're doing? Have you worked on the, this system before? Do you know what you're doing with this machine? If not, just let me know. I will help you. And because the last thing any uh, any new person needs is to be like yelled at or like, f you know, frustrate anybody. So I try to be accommodating for at least everybody. So I'm like, how are you doing? Are you OK? Like there's this one girl that uh, was like getting stressed because we're getting a lot more traffic because there's a lot of stuff playing right now. And I'm like, how are you feeling right now? She's like a, a little bit stressed, but I I'm getting through it. And I'm like, good. <laughs> Or and then or like she'll be stuck in a drawer and I'll be like, "Do you want to do you want a task so you can go do something?" She's like, "Yes, please." I'm like, "You got it. Go do this. Awesome. Get yourself off drawer so you don't have to deal with um, all the people coming in." But we're getting through it. You know, this this is the part of it's like a typical summer thing, obviously, because you know a lot of people work at work at the theater uh, for the summer for a summer job before they go to college or before. You know, they go back to something regular or even, like, teachers trying to find something to do before, like... Yeah. So, we're getting a handful of different people, but it's it's definitely a lot 
especially when so many people have gone. So we need to fill so many positions and it's just like, nobody has the experience. So you're just like, okay, let me just make sure everyone's okay. <laughs> um, so that's kind of what's going on at work right now. Um, other than that, there's not really a whole heck of a lot else. Um, I have been working out a lot more lately. I've been doing 20 minutes on the cycle, uh, 30, 30, what a curl arm curls or whatever, like mm. reps. So, uh, last night I was particularly sweaty. So <laughs> I'm hoping, um, all of this effort goes well. Cause I'm, I'm trying to get enough energy for Disney. So <laughs> yeah, that's good. <sighs> um, and I met a possum last night. Uh, nice. uh, uh. <laughs> I shared that video with Mike. <laughs> what did Mike say? Mike loved it. <laughs> I shared it with my mom. She's like, can you send that to me so I can share it with people at work? I'm like, okay. <laughs> no, the guy, guys, like, I have, you need to understand too. My first thought when I saw that was like, Richard's voice would be perfect to play a possum <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> I only take that as a compliment, which I don't imagine you mean that in any other no, way. No, no, it's not an negative <laughs> yeah. thing. I'd be like, yes, yeah. please. I want to see this <laughs> new uh, animated movie. <laughs> uh, I showed it to a, my friend Kelly, and she's like, he needs a he needs a classy name, and I'm and so we came up with one. His name is Sir Stuart Cornelius the Third. A third. Ooh. Yeah. So he's he's a fancy he's a fancy gentleman. That possum. Um, but uh. I, if, I, I'm curious if I'll see him again tonight, but I don't know. It was just wild. Because, I mean, I've seen so many animals in my back. I've seen deer. I've seen raccoons. I've seen bunnies. I've seen uh, all types of creatures. But I've never seen a possum in my backyard. So I was like, oh, hello. My, my favorite things to encounter are, like, blue jays. Um, oh yeah 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 like it, it's it's one of those things it might happen like once or twice a year and i feel like it's like a weird like 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 spiritual experience <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, you're you're one with awa it's just like awa <laughs> awa has hurt me <laughs> instead of the awa seeds it's just blue jays covering you and you're like uh-huh <laughs> but yeah that, that's that that was a fun video yeah, I, my mom was like, "You're so calm around him." Like, well, there's a sliding doors cut in between us, so I feel like comfortable just to be like, "Oh, hey, little buddy." And he wasn't being aggressive either. Yeah, and the yeah. last thing I need to be is aggressive to him. He's just wandering around. Yeah, you know, he came out from underneath because we have a set of steps um, in our back patio. He just came out from underneath the steps, so he might he might be chilling under the house. I don't know, but <laughs> that that'll be an interesting thing to discover. I showed my dad and. He came. He came to the back door to be like, is, "Where is he? Where is he at?" But we haven't seen him, so I'm gonna check tonight when I work out again. Um, but Very yes, nice. uh, the introduction of Sir Stuart Cornelius the uh, Third. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're gonna we're gonna really get into the Halloween excitement for this one because we're we're tackling a, a very close to my heart franchise that joey has never experienced before so early early in the so like this summer i really feel like it's been a, an exploration of me through joey for joey because like he's watched you know the mask Wee's big adventure 
you know, I'm surprised we haven't thrown a Batman movie somehow in there somewhere. I mean, we, I mean, before summer we had Lego and Batman. We, we the, covered them all. <laughs> we we mean, covered like, them the, all. The, the big ones, anyway. You know. <laughs> somehow I'm just like, all right, let's throw in this animated thing. Um, but no, it's really been an exploration. Before we get into the to the future, I want to know what your perspective is on this whole journey. I guess it's, it's so it's, it was kind of sudden. I know, like. Early on, I was like, I want to explore more movies from my childhood, but I'm really curious, like, your thoughts on this. Well, it's always interesting to, to see movies um, that were meaningful in somebody's childhood. Like, you know, there are people who have, like, commonalities with, like, with like different things and whatnot. But I think one mm. thing that's interesting with you is that I remember you saying that, not to always bring up Star Wars, but I feel like you didn't get into Star Wars till later. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, like, one of those things and that's that was something that was surprising to me anyway but like n- getting to know you through these movies it makes a lot of sense um because mm. you're, you're definitely a star wars fan but also like all of this stuff i'm like is quintessential like richard 101 <laughs> kind of stuff like the kind of person that i know who you are and the type of things that make you laugh you know i'm like especially when you watch the mask i'm like okay yeah right. <laughs> yeah 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 that makes sense um and it also also makes sense uh for the series of movies that we're going to talk about today this is true also guys spoiler alert next week's also going to be like a richard like series too (laughs) but 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 at least with that one i feel like you had such a connection with those like the way i i was hoping because i have that such and so does wikey who's a big fan of that series so so at the very least with that one there's like a all-encompassing like fan group now like kind of like with avatar i feel like true which is funny because jack champion is in six so (laughs) but this one is definitely me (laughs) yes (laughs) so we are talking about folks um the chucky franchise or at the very least we're talking about the first initial set of films the child's play series following the uh horror movie icon that is charles lee ray or chucky the killer doll surprising maybe if you know me probably not uh (laughs) but um to start it all off we're gonna be talking about the initial installment of this entire series that has expanded past the child's play into Chucky, into this uh, fun TV series they're doing right now. Joe, Denny, Dan, what is our first feature today? It's child's play. I mean, it's a child's play. Uh, the movie well, it's not there's no the movie <laughs> it's, 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 it's just it's just child's play it's just child's play but i like to say the movie uh 1988 <laughs> uh so it was, was 35 years old this year mm-hmm. wow that's <sighs> that's anytime i like check ids when i work the the bar and i see pe- like 2002 and they're old enough to buy alcohol and i'm like stop it <laughs> stop growing old that is so that is so weird like you're you were born <laughs> after 9 11 and you were you were able to get booze you could drink fuck? what stop it Jeez. stop it that is scarier than anything that happens in these movies <laughs> that is a fact jack <laughs> 
Uh, and it's it's only gonna get worse. It's it's just gonna get worse, man. Just gonna We're, get worse. But, I already found a gray hair right here in my hair. See, see, I always just I always see them in my beard, and like when I really grow up, my like my beard it's like it's like a rainbow of like like rusty like orange brown <laughs> white gray. <laughs> We're we're getting older, folks, but you know we're. I'm gonna embrace it from now on. Not really. Anyway, um, <laughs> so child's play. Yeah, child's play, as Joey so um, extravagantly put uh, the title, <laughs> child's play. Only the best for uh, for um, for Charles Lee, right? Only the best. Only the best. So just to give some context. So obviously, I imagine many people know. Um. I imagine many people know who Chucky the Killer Doll is, but there is, like there is a whole kind of story to it. And this first movie really is that it's like the introduction, truthfully, like any first film. But this one details uh, the origins of Chucky, whereas like the rest of the franchise just lets Chucky go crazy, right? In this first one, we're introduced to Charles Lee Ray, the Lakeshore Strangler of Chicago, um, played by Brad Dorif, returning to the show. Um, he was in the Lord of the Rings franchise, which that's a fun episode, by the way. You should go listen to that one. Um, he is uh, confronted by Humperdink from, <laughs> from Princess Bride, uh, Chris Sarandon, and... Uh, is shot and uh, basically mortally wounded, um, or fatally wounded, more or less. And so on his deathbed, um, through the magic of, at least in this film's interpretation of voodoo, uh, (laughs) he transfers his soul to that of a popular sort of cabbage patch kid sort of doll called a good guy doll. And... Next thing we know, there's this little boy named Andy, and it's his birthday, and his single mom, who's just like Reba, works too, uh, she loves too hard, never stops, is always working. I don't know the lyrics to the song, but I was trying to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a survivor. This is terrible, but... (laughs) (laughs) Hours are certainly not just nine to five, that's what I'll say. No. Isn't that Dolly Parton? Uh, it is, but I, yeah. I'm just saying. I just, I'm just <laughs> it's not it. 9 to 5 because this is Reba. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke that has multiple layers. It's like an onion. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's, just a, that's just a reference. There's no layers to that. No. Nope. Um, <laughs> Very shameless. That's, that's how I do. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Andy and and his mom, I think Karen is her name, if I remember correctly. Andy Barkley, Karen Barkley. Karen Barkley is is the mother, you know. Um, and uh, she works at like a like a jewelry kind of like it's kind of like a Macy's situation, where it's like jewelry, clothes, perfume it's stuff, depart- department, Par- store. apartments, yeah, yeah. So, um, she's, she's trying her best and, and giving Andy the best birthday. Um, but he really wants a good guy doll. He's a big, good, he, the first time we meet him, he's got his good guy PJs on. 
He's watching the good guy cartoon show. He's effectively us <laughs> at this point in our life, as well as at that age. Um, if listen, he would probably be a Disney adult if he didn't get messed up with the killer doll stuff. Um, yeah. but he he's really wanting a good guy doll, and so Karen is able to find one from a peddler living on the streets. And uh, she brings it home, but little does she know, this good guy doll is a little bit extra. <laughs> so then, throughout the course of the film, um, so many terrible things happen, and all of them, logically speaking, are linked to Andy. So, like, um, uh, Karen's best friend uh, is pushed out a window, um, there's a house that's blown up uh, with... Uh, this criminal named Eddie Caputo inside of it, all towards terrible things, but uh, Andy is constantly saying that it's not him, it's Chucky, his doll, his good guy doll. And on the surface, like, like it's nonsense. This kid with an overactive imagination who's doing terrible things is placing blame on an inanimate object. How is that possible? Turns out it's very possible. <laughs> because again, it's got the soul of Charles Lee Ray, the Lakeshore Strangler inside of it. And the reveal of that is probably one of my favorite moments in the whole movie, too. And I love the fact that Karen, who's sort of like, in many respects, she's like the central character, I think. Yeah. Um, which I like. I like the. I like that. I mean, in the later ones, Andy becomes the central protagonist of the whole series, uh, at least of these initial ones. But I like that the mom sort of gets center stage this time. It kind of made me think of New Nightmare in that respect. Yeah, which is fu which is funny because we 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 watched that not long ago. Yeah, I'm like I'm just showing Joey all these movies where it's it's the mom, the mom's the yes. hero. Yes. Um, but yeah, Karen Karen's immediate reaction is to maybe maybe the kid's onto something, like. You know, what if this doll is at the very least influencing him in some way, or someone manipulated the doll at the company, or something's wrong with the doll? Um, so, uh, against her, uh, at least in her mind, her better judgment, she starts interrogating the doll, and it's talking like it normally does, because it's, it's the classic, you know, Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho ha ha ha. Or like, hey, wanna play? Like the all the set stuff that the toy has, um, but then uh, she realizes that the doll has not had batteries this entire time. <laughs> so, like, imagine, imagine if you will, the Furby situation where, like, you know, I I don't know if you ever had one, but I had a Furby, and you know, there was always stories about Furbies somehow still working even though the batteries weren't in them, oh, or yeah. like. Or, like, uh, you know, them saying things or recording things. Like, my Furby never, like, did anything extra. But it was always, like, as cool as it was to have it first, after a while you're just like... Uh, <laughs> this thing is a little... How am I not Ted right now? <laughs> how has it not stolen my soul? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's one of those things, like... Like, Chucky definitely, like, po sort of popularized that, like the killer toy like, mm. thing. But like, I was also thinking about like the, you, I'm sure you might've seen the twilight zone episode living doll. Well, that was, uh, yeah, I think that's where Don Mancini got the idea for Chucky was from that which, one, which makes sense. Um, yeah. 
that that one's that one's a uh, a season. That was one of the one of the later. It was season five, I think. That episode, a uh, really good episode. But, um, you know, it was one of those things. I was thinking about it, like thinking about this, and I was watching some different things, and uh, I do love that setup with like the mom, sort of the central character, really. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, Andy's obviously very much there. Um, one of the other things like it, it, that is interesting is that Chucky has so much backstory. <laughs> <laughs> it it is like when you th- when you really think about it, it is kind of crazy that he has like a fully fleshed out like origin story instead of just kind of it, like that's I feel like when you look at a lot of horror movie characters in like the the eighties and stuff. I mean, not to say that like the older school ones didn't have origin stories. Like Dracula always just kind of existed. Like, obviously, he came from somewhere, but he very much existed and is, like, a presence of evil. Right. Um, Michael Myers, later on, you know, he has his origin story, but in many ways, again, he's just present. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, a lot of, like, mo- mo- movie monsters or things are, are just, like, okay, there was, like, an experiment or, like, this is just, like, an agent of evil kind mm-hmm. of thing, whereas this is, like... We know we know specifically know this guy this doll's full fucking name. We know <laughs> he he knows like some magic shit that can let him like get into a human vessel. Uh, he has he has like uh, not, I don't want to say it, call him a sidekick. Was it Doctor Death? Was the uh, was the guy? Oh, uh, who, uh, who was the guy? Um, the guy that the guy that taught him. The taught him the, how to do it. I don't remember his. Uh, I, I don't know if he called him Dumbala because that's one of the things he, Chucky says whenever he's like. Going into someone's soul, um, so you might have called him the, that guy Dan had a Bella. Great voice, gotta say, like he did. Like, like it, I loved the like, like, like when he was like explaining shit, and he's just, oh my gosh, this dude sounds so cool. But it's, all, <laughs> it's also also one of the things where it's like, of course, the black guy would know. Like, it, it's it's like, it, yeah, it, it's there, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, this is but an it's all, '80s movie. <laughs> but it's but it, like, but, it, yeah. but again, it's like you know, it, it's almost one of those things where I, I in some ways, like as much as I enjoy like the backstory, all the backstory, and obviously Brad Dourif is fantastic, mm-hmm. and you know the Chris Sarandon story, I think, is interesting. It almost kind of would have been interesting if the movie had made it a little more like vague about Chucky, like ma- make it like, oh, is this it? Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> like, but like, what's happening here? What, what's happening? It's kind of like when you think about like the Wolfman, um, because like one of the original concepts for the Wolfman was that it was going to be like in their head, like is it is in their head? Is this really mm-hmm. happening? It makes it a little more vague. But then again, it's like sometimes it's like, well, on one hand that'd be interesting, but on the other hand, let's let's have the killer doll kill people, guys. This is <laughs> a fun like eighty minute thing, like like. It, it it really get, it really builds up to like the moment Chucky actually like does stuff. But, yeah, when he finally like, speaks, um, you know that was that was pretty awesome. And of course, knowing Chucky, he just starts spewing expletives. Yes, <laughs> like, like the first thing he says is like, "You fill." Uh, pardon me, I apologize. I'm quoting. Um, you stupid bitch! You filthy slut! I'll teach you to fuck with me. <laughs> And that is verbatim what he says. I apologize, um, but no. That on that note, like Brad Dorif, I became such a huge fan of his 
from these movies and anytime he shows up in anything i'm just excited he 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 clearly is having so much fun playing the character yeah it's a vocal performance but i think it's one of those examples of uh an actor like why why voice acting is just as phenomenal as any other kind of acting right because he really leans into it and i think from a character standpoint what i like about chucky is like when you think about all the all the villain characters that talk versus the ones that don't you know you i when i think of like dracula or i think of even going later when i think of like Ghostface, they sort of wax lyrical and yeah there's like there's an emotion to it there's an angst to it but there's almost like a charm to it a little bit because they're trying to like scare you but also like tantalize you a little bit or like freddy krueger is is just one-liners you know like he's literally just trying to scare you there's nothing else there whereas chucky if he wasn't a sadist and a monster, he'd just be like another Chicago dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like he just, like he's just, it just he feels so normal in comparison. But like he's just angry all the time, <laughs> right? Um, so <laughs> like, like he, like he's talking to to the to the guy that taught him the the magic stuff. And he's just like, hey, it's me, Chucky. What do you think? It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> like, he, he comes off a lot more nonchalant. And it, I even think the accent helps in his, his, his helps to that effect, too. Because he's got that, like, thick sort of Chicago accent. Like, I like, I like the bit where he's like, you shouldn't tell your customers what you hide things like this, John. <laughs> yes. But I just, I, I, I just, he stands out in such a fun way compared to like a lot of the other characters because he comes off in that sort of nonchalant, like, I guess, quote unquote, casual way compared to a lot of the other ones. Also like the, the puppet work and like oh, all yeah. the ways that they, they used it like to obviously Brad Dourif for the voice, but also like. The like the the doll. It's like you're like, oh god, this is <laughs> this is really this is a little too good, guys. <laughs> the the puppet work. It's by it's by a guy named Kevin. Uh, yeah. Uh, you have to look this up for me because I'm forgetting his name. But he works. He's worked on I think all of the Chucky movies for the most part, or at least he did the initial creations. And then later on, it was Kevin somebody Yeager? else. Kevin Yeager. Um, I, I believe he did the initial three and then someone else came on board maybe later. I don't entirely remember, but his work on this one is exceptional. You know what else is cool too is that he's apparently, according to I'm looking this up, known for Freddy Krueger's makeup and the Crypt Keeper creature. That tracks. So, Honestly, that's good uh, stuff. He also, interestingly, uh, d- uh, apparently directed Hellraiser Bloodline, but decided to be Alan Smithy. Which, if you know what... <laughs> decided to be credited as Alan Smithy, I should say. Um, you know, just, uh, like, if you, like, that's what happened with, like, David Lynch when there was, when they were trying to do a new cut of Dune, I think, like, a TV version. He's like, no, do not credit me at this. Credit me as Alan Smithy. <laughs> You know, and that's like if if you're a director, you don't want to be credited for something. You just credit you as Alan Smithy. Alan Smithy's uh, filmography must be extensive. It's one of the one of the most um, 
arguably illustrious, uh, certainly, um, gosh, what's the word? Uh, bountiful, bountiful. <laughs> fruitful, um, always giving, always giving Alan Smithy. Always, always Smithy. Always Smithy. That'll be our, that'll be an episode coming up soon. Just the Alan Smithy dedication episode. We should have a double feature of Alan Smithy movies. <laughs> I would that, totally be down that. That would be so rad. Um, <laughs> Everyone's like, who's Alan Smithy? Like, who is Alan Smithy? That's um, what we're answering in this one. Also, you know, I always, of course, have to talk about, like, the box office. Um, so mm-hmm. this movie was apparently made for a budget of $9 million, which, even back then, that's not, like, a tremendous amount of money to make a movie. No. And if you made a movie today, that'd be like, whoa, for $9 million, um... Maybe you're like a like a smaller thing, yeah. But mm. for, like made forty four million, um, forty four million dollars. So, uh, pretty pretty respectable uh, gross, and I'm sure um, because of video and all that, it, it made a lot of yeah. a lot of money as well. I mean, this was definitely that time when like home home video was really coming into its own, and you know people were able to actually like own this stuff and take it home mm-hmm. with them and just like oh look at me i have this on i remember there was a vhs I'm, i might have talked about this when we talked to waiki in our um ninja turtles episode um but i remember at my grocery store there was a video store on the very far corner and we'd go in there all the time look at all the stuff they had and i would always see the child's play stuff and I would always be so excited to 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 want to get those, but of course, like my parents aren't gonna rent an R-rated horror movie for me, so right. <laughs> so my first exposure to anything of this, as anything like with Idle Hands when we did that episode, was late night HBO. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, uh, that was, yeah, that was gonna be my other question. I guess so. I guess it's like for some people, it was like RoboCop, Terminator Two. Road Warrior for you. Child's Play. Child's Play. <laughs> that, that tracks. That tracks. <laughs> Anything that's just weird, but like maybe slightly spooky, but really silly, of course I'll watch it. Um, I will say, I, I wanted to mention this too with like the, the doll work. Um, I love the fact that in this one, this is the only one that does this. I love the fact that through the course of the film, Chucky visually looks more human. Mm-hmm. So, like, which I think is a nice visual representation of, because the whole the whole premise of this whole franchise is that Chucky is trying to transfer his soul into a human, because if he stays too long inside of the doll, he uh, will be the doll, and he will just be a normal person, but in the form of a doll. And so he doesn't want that. <laughs> and right. So through the course of the movie, you know, we see Chucky how he is when he comes out of the box, but then periodically like you see he's got eyebrow hairy eyebrows his hairline recedes he looks more like how brad dorif looked um at that time so i just thought that was a really cool design element also i want to give a shout out to the stunt woman that plays chucky uh when they do shots of chucky like moving around so like they have um i forget her name but i'm pretty sure she did the whole series or, or a good chunk of the series what's her name Joey's looking this up for me. I'm looking. There's like a lot of like uh, <laughs> puppeteers and performers. Um, 
I'm just gonna list off some of these people. Uh, first off, uh, Eden Gross was friendly Chucky. So when when it's not Brad Dourif and it's the Hi, I'm Chucky, you know. Shout out uh, John Franklin as Walkabout Chucky. So now I'm thinking about the um, the Australian <laughs> film Walkabout. Um, <laughs> Ed Gale as Chucky in, as an in suit performer. Um, just looking at uh, Chucky puppeteers. Howard Berger, Bill Bryan, Alan uh, Coulter, Stephen James, Frank Charles Lutkus, Arth- uh, David Arthur Nelson, sorry, um, Lauren Soman, Mark Tyler, and N. Brock uh, Winkless, the fourth. All deserve a shout out. Yeah. I-, I figured, you know, they have a whole thing. So I'm looking on Wikipedia. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else? Uh, th- that's the- Those are who they credit. Um, uh, okay, but if you f- if we figure that per- if we figure that person out, we'll um, we'll certainly include them. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is a fun movie. Uh, really, you know, again, I we always talk I always talk about like you know because I feel like there's so many movies where it's just like they they overstay their welcome. This is one mm-hmm. of those that certain like these three movies, uh, particularly the first two, they don't overstay their welcome. They're perfect for what for what they're trying to do, and you know. It, it's it's like with with horror movie, I feel like it's almost like a comedy in certain respects, where it's just like you don't want it to be too long, because yeah. you want the impact of the joke or the impact of the kill and the violence, um, you know, the suspense and whatnot. So yeah, mm-hmm. this is a good one. I like this one. I I it sticks with me, and you know, obviously for nostalgic reasons, but all but obviously like I love Brad Dourif's performance as Chucky, and obviously all those people we named that had a hand in the puppetry and people later on who had a hand in the puppetry and the stunt performers who play Chucky in like a, a suit and then put like a fake head on and then just walk around as Chucky. Um, which when you're like, it still looks pretty wild now if when, you know, just with like trickery and editing. Cause like at some points it just looks like Chucky's moving normally and you're like, how did they do that? <laughs> you know? Um, so they they really they really were like we need this to be believable and to you know add to that kind of scary factor um and this first one like this first one's probably the one amongst the series that feels like 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 someone would be like oh this one's genuinely good the rest are like kind of wild you know what yeah. i mean right like not to not to discredit the other ones cuz i do get a kick out of those ones as well but it's like this one feels like it just well structured, well written. Everyone's having a good time. Um, it feels like it's telling, it's trying to tell like like a an, like a story. Whereas the other ones, it's like trying to evoke a vibe a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. With it. This feels like there's like real characters. You know, mm-hmm. you have the Chris Sarandon, uh, you know, and uh, and Karen. Um, and by the way, like, um, just want to give her a shout out. The mom from Seventh Heaven. Uh, Catherine Hicks, uh, Catherine she really Hicks. has got like a scream queen energy. Um, she's she's genuinely so good in the movie. Like I was, I was saying to you, I'm like she ma- makes me think of like a little bit like a Janet Lee, you know. Mm-hmm. Watching, I saw her. that immediately. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we checked this one out, and I'm glad that we're going to talk about the next two. <laughs> we're gonna keep on going. Um. But we're going to, you know, before we get to that, we're going to take a brief intermission. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about the next installment. Stay tuned.
Welcome back. <laughs> We're back. <sighs> Dinosaur story. <laughs> See, now I feel like we have to talk about that movie at some point. We we actually have to talk about that movie we, at some point. We really do. <laughs> just so I can do that, <laughs> and then we'll just jump right into it. We don't even need... There should be a special presentation <laughs> on We're Back. We'll have to do that after we do the Phantom one. Whenever that, whenever that one happens. You know what else deserves a special presentation, Richard? You know what else? And I know you know what I'm about to I say. Know what you know, uh, uh, the brave little toaster. <laughs> brave little toaster. <laughs> which is which is also, not to derail this whole conversation about Chucky, but it was like that one thing I sent you where it's like somebody had a 35mm scan of brave little toaster <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> so now we have to talk about it. Um... So, but yeah, so we obviously we talked about Child's Play it was a, was a pr- pretty solid success um, in rel- relation to its budget. Really fun movie. Um, I think I think we both agree it's a really really solidly well made um, movie. Yes. Now I think about this with a lot of franchises too, where like you know people who are who are not familiar with the franchise usually will be like, okay, I'll give an example like Planet of the Apes, the OG Planet of the Apes series. Yeah. The first one is the best one, and then people are like what the fuck are these sequels but like if you're like ingrained in the planet of the apes you have a different sort of appreciation it's like for me i really love um conquest of the planet of the apes i was i was gonna try to guess which one but i i i forgot the titles (laughs) the titles can be weird i know titles can be weird isn't there battle for the planet is battles the last one okay battles the fifth one like it's planet of the apes Beneath the Planet of the Apes, where they reuse the Hello oh. Dolly sets. Okay. They, I, I was tr- I was like I I thought the word beneath, but I was like, no, it's not beneath. That Escape from the Planet of the Apes, which has er- uh, Eric Braden from Young and the Restless and Titanic. Y- y- your boy, Eric Braden. My boy, my guy. Uh, then Conquest, then Battle, which okay. has John Huston as the lawgiver. But that's a whole th- different. <laughs> that's thing. a whole. Um, but now we are talking about Child's Play Two. <laughs> see that wasn't even nonchalant that was just intentionally fast <laughs> child's play too what want to hear me introduce the movie want to hear me introduce it again i want to that was me doing it backwards <laughs> child's play 2 which i rented for 339 on a service high quality uh, <laughs> this is cinema. <laughs> so, Child's Play 2. Um, this was the first one I watched, oddly enough. I feel like a lot of these like horror franchises that I got into, or any franchise, funnily enough, I think it's because... I think I watched like a lot of sequels before I ever watched... Because like, the same happened with you know our next franchise we're talking about in, the, in our next episode... And it happened with this one, because I watched Child's Play 2. Now, follow me here. <laughs> because of Rugrats. 
<laughs> follow me. Okay. Follow me. On. All right, I'm following you. Um, yeah. So in Rugrats, we have two best friend characters. We have Tommy. We have Chucky. Yes, there's the there's this, the Chucky name is already there, but it's spelled differently. It's I E, not Y. But regardless, um, I was a big Rugrats fan when I was younger. Like many people my age, I watched a lot of Nicktoons. Um, baby's gotta do what a baby's gotta do. Um, Chucky is definitely the your Rugrat. <laughs> <laughs> my Rugrat was actually Tommy. I loved Tommy. I wanted to be Tommy. <laughs> Well, see, like, like Tommy, Chucky, yeah, Chucky Tom, makes more sense. T- t- true, <laughs> but I wanted to be because he was the adventurer. He had the screwdriver in his diaper, and he was like, "I'm ready to go." Totally not safe. And no, but if these parents are the worst. <laughs> I mean, there's that there's that clip that keeps going online of of Stu the dad and Dee Dee comes in. What are you doing? Making chocolate. Why? Because I've lost all sense of my life. <laughs> I've lost control of my life. I've lost control of my life. Stu is is the kid. I relate to him so much. Yes. Because like, I'll, 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 I'll be like, I woke up one day at like two in the morning. Allison texts me and goes like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just woke up. Make it chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> but you were a, Ch- a Chucky, like Rugrats fan. Yeah. I was, I was a Rugrats fan. Period. Like, and also, like, Angelica. I have an older sister named Angelica who, right. you know. It's true. She 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 picked on me. Not, not really, but, like, she, like, at times she would pick on me. But she wasn't, like, evil like Angelica. Though, Angelica was, like, evil in the child sense, not, like, evil, evil. Um, But, so there's a lot of those connections there. And I just remember watching Child's Play 2 on Late Night HBO. Where I got a lot of my fix, and uh, as far as cinema is concerned, and uh, we have Chucky, who's a small redhead in baby clothes, similar to Chucky Finster, who is a small redhead in baby clothes, and the other good guy doll in Child's Play Two, because there's two of them, is named Tommy. That's right. So my immediate thought is always Rugrats. So then I just decided to watch it, and then I fell in love with the whole franchise. <laughs> So it all started somewhere, but it started where you would, it, it, it's funny. Cause like I would, I remember my friend Cameron, shout out to Cameron, um, was a big horror fan. And so he would show me a couple of horror things, but I was always too afraid to watch them. And so like, he had like goosebump stuff in his room. So whenever I sleep, slept over, I asked his mom to like hide some of them. So I didn't have to see it. Cause I didn't want to be like, <sighs> But for some reason, like, I watched all these, like, R-rated horror movies when I was a kid. So, I don't know. Maybe it was just, I, I just was drawn to them for some reason. Because I just had a, I just enjoyed them. And there was that, like, we talked about um, uh, with the Venom episode, because I, I just listened to it. Because we were getting ready to air that one. And how you talked about how, like, there's some comic book movies you watch when you were a kid, like superhero ones, that you were, like, they, they felt, like scary enough that it's like you feel like you're not allowed to watch it so you watch it anyway that was me x x2 was like the example i gave in that at one but you were saying sorry no 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 it's context matters um but uh that was definitely me in horror movies it's like i'm watching this movie this doll is cursing up a storm people are getting killed i don't think i'm allowed to watch this but i'm watching it anyway (laughs) 
Um, and my parents were like okay with me being a Chucky fan. I'm gonna tell you a story. I know I want to get to the movie, but I'm gonna tell you a story. No, no, tell the story. Um, my mom had a work friend named Bob. I hope he's doing well. Um, I I haven't seen him in so long, so I don't know what's going on with him. Um, <clears throat> he uh, was a big toy collector, so like anytime I came to visit my mom at her work, he would always have toys on his desk. And I always brought toys with me everywhere. Um, and one one day, one evening, he came over to talk to my mom, and he brought uh, toys for my sister and I. And he gives me this huge box. I open the box up. Inside of it is a good guy doll. <laughs> and on one hand, I'm overjoyed. On the other hand, I am scared as shit. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Um, in retrospect, that is the coolest. Like, if I like, if I was like, you know, given a gift to like a kid in my family or something, I'd want to be like, what is this kid into? What is this kid a fan of? I want to cater to that because that's my mentality. I go, right. I go too hard when I gift give because it's. I, I'm not the kind of person that wants to just give someone a gift card and call it a day. I hate that. I like to add some personal element to it, as Joey has seen on many occasions. <laughs> yeah, and as I've seen as well. You, 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 you're pretty personable with with your with your gift giving, so I appreciate that. You're probably you're definitely better than most everyone else. That's like I don't know what to get you. <laughs> like I see how it is. Anyway. <laughs> You don't see me. <laughs> I see you, Joey. <gasps> Surprise. Um, but I remember getting that doll and being excited to have it, but also being terrified. So later that night, he's gone. Um, he went back home, and I put the doll back in the box. I taped the box back up, and I either threw it in the basement or I threw it in the garage. To this day... I have no clue where it is. <laughs> it never reappeared. It was never brought back to me. Nothing happened with it, as far as I know. Like, I don't know if my parents did anything with it. I don't know. My best guess is that it's somewhere in the garage. If it's in the basement, it's destroyed, because the basement's been flooded a bunch of times from rain or whatever. And so... It's probably moldy and disgusting. It's, you know, but if it's in the garage, it's probably the same bed as well. But I don't know. I haven't bothered to look. But I'm still, mm -hmm. to this day, super curious if anything happened to it, if my parents did anything with it, um, where it could be. It's a mystery. Maybe one day for the podcast, I'll see if I can figure out what happened to it. But as of now, I have no clue. <laughs> right. And that, because, like, I don't know if my parents moved it. I don't know if they put it somewhere or if they just tossed it because they're like, oh, he must not want it. So we're just going to throw it away or sell it at a garage mm -hmm. sale or something. I don't know. Because it never resurfaced for me. Like, I never saw it again after that point. No one's dead in the house. So <laughs> it's not coming to life. <laughs> um, though my dog, I, I've, some dogs have passed away, but. That's natural causes. That's that's a that's a separate issue. Entirely. That's a that's a separate issue. I don't imagine Chucky has anything against dogs, so far as I know, he's never had a pet. He's had a kid. That that, that would make Chucky a pretty 
despicable character i feel like for a lot of audience even, even though he's like killed people <laughs> he's killed people but if he kills a dog fuck that guy it's like oh boy <laughs> it's oh. like uh was it was it that that site uh does the dog die <laughs> oh my god yeah i remember when that harrison ford movie came out that chris saunders did um, where it's like the CG dog or whatever, and everyone's like, I don't want to watch that, because I'm pretty sure the dog dies. So we had to look it up. Call, like, No, no, no. He's alive. Call the Wild. Call the Wild, yeah. Spoiler alert. I remember reading that book. I remember reading that book. Sorry. As I, I don't think the dog dies in that one, because I, I looked it up, but... I, I, don't think, I don't think so either. I have that on digital, and I've been meaning to watch it, just because I like Harrison Ford. And it was one of those movies that came out, and then I couldn't see it in theaters because COVID. Yeah. Um... You know, but let's talk about Child's Play too. Unless other... <laughs> no, that was that was my that was my big Chucky story, and how it relates to me. I still have no clue where uh, that doll is, but Child's Play too. But yeah, yeah. Um, MGM, I guess, retained the rights to the first movie, but you said Universal. Univ- this one, Universal has done every installment of Chucky since. So, like, okay. we have this one, Child's Play 3, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, and then after Seed of Chucky, which wasn't a big hit, um, uh, there were two direct-to-video released ones that were still released by Universal, so it was, like, Universal Home Video. And then now we have the show on Sci-Fi, which I believe Sci-Fi Channel is owned by Universal as well. Okay. So that as far as the legacy of Chucky is concerned, everything since then, which is funny too, because if you ever like try to find old box sets like DVD box sets or early Blu-ray box sets of Chucky, they never included the first one mm. because, yeah. because MGM retained the rights. Um, so like even uh, like Shout Factory is releasing all the movies on 4K. And so yeah. uh, thankfully MGM... And Universal worked out some kind of deal, so now all subsequent Chucky box sets will include the first movie as well. Like when when they started doing the direct to video releases, I was so excited because they because a Chucky was coming back, but also b uh, they started making the box sets with that first movie because it was always like from an OCD standpoint frustrating. So I'm like, I want to own all of them, but why are you not including right. the first one? So um, I do want to point out. Um, According to this, with the they there was because there was the um, the 2019 film with um, Mark Hamill with Mark Mark Hamill. This one was distributed in the United States by United Artists Releasing. Mm-hmm. That was the original um, distribution company that did the first one. Right. Yeah. Um, so I guess other than that, everything else is like a universal mm-hmm. joint. So like um, okay, they for that one they just completely redid the entire like it's still the same premise but now chucky's like an ai like driven robot that connects to things via bluetooth and it's like it's like it's like that movie megan but not as good okay yeah and mark hamill i will say i'll give credit to him he does an incredible job yeah the only it's just that and and aubrey plaza's in it she plays the mom very good Mm-hmm. Um, Brian oh, wow. Brian Tyree Henry plays the Chris Sarandon character, and again, a lot of it, oh. a lot of it is like it's not a bad movie, but it's just you know I think it inherently doesn't work in the sense that you know when we first meet Chucky in the film, he's already incredibly terrifying. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> whereas like this one you get that sense of even though you're told at the very beginning of the movie this dude just put his soul into a doll um so you inherently don't trust it but it is got that innocent face it, it, it it's one of those things where like it's like it, things that are inherently like childish that just some somehow like creep people out for whatever reason, like certain dolls just creep people out that are not supposed to be scary. Yeah. I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, I guess what you're saying with like the Mark Hamill one, it just looks, it already just looks like it's really bad news anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I also want to like, I was thinking about this too. The opening of this movie, it makes so much sense because it's like the business and they're trying to figure out how to navigate um, after the events of the first one. Because mm. nobody, no, even though we have a couple of people who know what's going down, what's been down, most people don't believe it. And yeah. it's kind of... Uh, it's an urban yeah, legend. It's an urban legend. Um, and... It's like... <laughs> because it's so... Sorry, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off. It's like, um, you know, t- like to compare it to real life things, it's like when the Teletubby dolls came out and like people were saying Poe was swearing. Or like Tickle Me Elmo would say like, like se- like weird like sexual things or something yeah um so it's not it's 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 relatable in the sense that there's always those stories of like toys that can like talk or do things like the furby um that yes. are become inherently sinister because maybe one person's experience is over exaggerated or because people want to just tell like a haunting story because it fits something because it might be a, might have that tinge of creepiness right yeah yeah so like um, so yeah but anyways you were saying but but like it was very much like a robocop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the the business the business end of this um which they get a little more into in the in the opening of the of the third one which we'll we'll, we'll talk about um and there's the factory of course mm-hmm. which is a fun it's a fun setting but again like you have um Andy Andy it returns. Uh, his mom is his mom in like. Um, where's his mom at his, this point? I think I think his mom was put under like special care, basically. Yeah. Um. um and, by the way, Andy's played by Alex Vincent in the first two you. movies. I wanted to point that out as well. He yeah, he yeah. plays Andy in the first two movies, and then he does come back and play Andy in Cult of Chucky, which is the last theatrically released or not theatrically, but like last movie they made and then he shows up on the show which is really cool actually um yeah yeah yeah. but alex vincent plays andy just shout out to alex Mm -hmm. vincent yeah 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 um you know and he's in like foster he's like foster care Mm -hmm. he's in the foster system yeah yeah so then he he is (laughs) like uh mrs palmer from twin peaks is like hey we're gonna put you with the nurse from America Werewolf in London and beef, beef, <laughs> which is like, so, guys, it's so funny too because like we've talked about uh, Phantom of the Paradise on our show. Um, we've talked, we did talk about American Werewolf in London, and mm-hmm. so we had, <laughs> so like we're watching those movies, and I'm telling Joey like I recognize these people. Only because I watched this movie. So it's finally come full circle. Jenny Agater returns on our show to the origin point for me. <laughs> so I just wanted to point that out because that's just funny how that sort of worked that is, out. 
That is kind of fun. Like, both of these have appeared in, like, movies that are very Joe Denny Dan, like, monster or horror movies. And then this is a... <laughs> it doesn't get much more Richard than Child's Play 2, honestly, guys. Like, it's just... Look, it, this movie is wacky. And that is, like, it, it's one of those things where, like, like thinking back on it, I think that, like, we were talking about this. The first one is, a, I think, is a well, better, like, made traditional movie. Yeah. This one is just fun. It's really <laughs> well made. It's really well, like, th- there's some beautiful shots in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of the one shot of the guy, of like the executive guy who goes to the liquor store. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> so many wide angle lens shots in this one too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just so much is going on, but yeah. Um, to get to get more like specific into the narratives, so like like Andy's yes. in the foster system, um, but he does again. He does have that reputation of being the person that said, hey, this doll is trying to, you know, kill me and my family and is possessed by the, you know, Lakeshore Strangler. And so going through going through the foster system is, is a bit rough for him because obviously everyone, like when, like Beef, who plays the dad um, in the film, the foster dad. Derek Graham. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, he is very against putting Andy in their home. As much as Jenny Agater's character wants uh, to to you know show some love to this kid who's been through a lot, the dad's like, no, no, it's not a good idea. Um, whereas uh, the the company that makes the good guy dolls wants to show, hey, th- these th- these don't do anything. These are fun toys that everyone should buy. So they actually get the doll in question, and they completely um, pull a Toy Story two and refurbish it and fix it up. Yep. Give it, give it a new paint job, give it a new body. Um, so every, so basically everything but the inner workings, like like well, specifically like the head, I think is the only thing they keep, but everything else is changed. Um. And so that means, hey, guess what? Chucky's back. It's uh, it, it, basically these first two movies. I'll just say this outright: corporations are killing people because they keep bringing serial killers back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Pretty much. So they care about that stock number, dude. It's like what the one guy in Child's Play Three is like. What are kids but consumer trainees? <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. <laughs> Oh man, but Chucky's back on the prowl for Andy because I didn't mention this in the last one. The 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 curse aspect of Chucky is that um unless he transfers his soul into another individual, he will be trapped in the body of the doll and stay the doll. So he's like he's a human, he effectively works as a human, but he's a plastic good guy, cabbage patch kid basically. Um but the 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 catch is the person he, he the only person that the uh, chant his his like voodoo chant thing that he says um, to transfer his soul the only person that'll work on is the first person he tells the truth to specifically his truth of who he is so that first person was Andy so he told right. Andy 
His name was Charles Lee Ray. He's the Lakeshore Strangler. And so basically the first person he lets in on the fact that he's actually alive. That's what he says in the first movie. So now the only person he can come because like you, because I, I don't want to especially want to say this because I imagine some people would probably listen to this and be like, why doesn't he just go after someone else? Leave Andy alone. It's like, well, Andy's the only person he can go after. <laughs> like that's his only out. Um, not to defend Chucky. But <laughs> uh, so now Chucky has to try to find where Andy is gone. And from this point on, it just literally becomes, again, like the first movie, Andy having to deal with being put in positions. And I feel you feel so bad for Andy the whole time because, like, he's trying his best just to, like, not have to deal with Chucky and to not have to deal with the ramifications of Chucky's actions. But he always has to. He's always having to deal with something. Um, but at least this time, like with his mom, he's also not alone because uh, the foster family also has a foster kid named Kyle, uh, who's played by I what's her name? I forget. I, I'm forgetting people's names today. Um, Chris uh, Christine Elise. Christine Elise, um, who also shows up in the Chucky television show. By the way, nice. Um, there's like a whole just to spoil it there's a whole like plot where chucky starts spreading his starts spreading his soul into other good guy dolls so they become like hit men for chucky dolls <laughs> and it's fantastic mm-hmm. there's there's like a there's like a boondock saints or like uh pulp fiction shot of them in like suits with like handguns just shooting the hell out of a chucky doll <laughs> i love it so much and like the family's like what are you doing to this good guy? And then Chucky's just going, Aah! you guys got to watch the show if you haven't. Um, but uh, Kyle is like a, like your typical kind of teenager. You know, she's, she's kind of stuck in the house. She kind of does what she wants, um, but she's not a bad person. She's, she's just a little punk rock, little, little edgy teenager, but that's about it. Um, but she's caring. And she's understanding of Andy's plight because she's been through the foster system and has been from home to home to home. And so she sees this troubled kid and she's like, I, you know, I, I sympathize. Even if I don't necessarily believe him, I sympathize. Yeah. Um, though, uh, when she finally finds out that Chucky is alive, I think that's some of my favorite moments with Brad Dorff because his interaction with with Kyle is just so funny to me. Like, there's that whole scene where they're driving uh, to find Andy at the foster house after, like, the both Jenny Agater and Beef die. <laughs> How's it hanging, Phil? Uh, <laughs> um, I love that Chucky's just, like, an, a, just a, an angry little pissant. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like how, how much longer is it? We're getting there. Or, like, or how fast does this thing go? It only it, the speed limit's like forty or something. Step on it, <laughs> <laughs> or like at one point, uh, Kyle just like looks him up and down because she's just still getting used to the fact that he's a doll, and he goes, "What are you looking at?" <laughs> one of my favorite little gags is like when they're pulled over and Chucky Chucky's nose is bleeding, and Kyle is <laughs> like, "You know how those doll those those dolls that pee and bleeds." <laughs> Or, like, that, in that same scene when um, the cop is like, oh, hey, I know those. That's one of those good guys, huh? Hey, little guy, what's your name? And he just goes, Chucky. <laughs> and the cop goes, 
<laughs> that cop vaguely made me think of Bruce Willis. He, he did, yeah. Like if Bruce, if Bruce Willis um, d- was a little bit more, I don't know. But he definitely had like a Bruce Willis sort of vibe, admittedly. Come get a good guy doll. Have a few laughs. <laughs> bring, bring, bring the good guy to work. Have a few laughs. <laughs> this would not be like Child's Play One. I'm actually partial to Child's Play Two. Actually, <laughs> no wonder we have to kill this guy. <laughs> John McLean. Now just get Charles Lee right. Now, now I'm just picturing like Chucky hanging off the, <laughs> hanging off the building, and just falling. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> John McTiernan should have made a, 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 a child's play movie. Is what we're trying to say here. <laughs> just, just him at the top of the building going. There's a fucking cabbage patch kid running around this building. <laughs> we need to get her. We need to take care of this. Sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> get over here now! <laughs> the dad from Family Family Matters going. I was messed up by a cabbage patch kid once. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I know you're feeling. Oh. Oh, no, but even worse, uh, Argyle, like, the, uh, the chauffeur, <laughs> is, like, instead of, like, a giant stuffed bear, he's sitting next to a good, <laughs> good guy, guy doll. doll. <laughs> <laughs> this was the crossover we always needed, but never this got. Is, this, oh, man. Hashtag, <sighs> I love the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. But but it's also, uh, they're both... Uh, d- Hard and I guess the first um, Child's Play. Are they both eighty eight? The first, yeah. <laughs> so, we could have worked it out, folks. Like Die Hard with a Vengeance, more like Die Hard with a Good Guy. Play hard. <laughs> this, oh my gosh, this could have been the crossover of all crossovers. Oof. It's just would have been a, a Richard Joe sandwich. <laughs> John McTiernan and Don Mancini team up to make play hard. <laughs> you goddamn New York police officers! Guys, this is this is this is play hard, but in a gymnasium. <laughs> the 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 final scene takes place in one of those like trampoline places. <laughs> It's a sky zone. <laughs> it's a sky zone. <laughs> um, but this movie, like I said, this movie is just wild, wilder. I think it's mm-hmm. more what they want. It, it's it's leaning into like the Chucky persona. Yes, you know? like we're getting we're like we're getting to have more moments with Chucky where it's just Brad Dorif just going crazy, like. Uh, just the little moments, like I love when he when he first meets the Tommy Child's Play doll or the good guy doll, and he's like, "Hi, my name is Tommy." He's like, "Shut up, you idiot!" <laughs> he just punches it in the face. Oh my god! <laughs> like I like to be hugged. He's like, "Hug this!" <laughs> <laughs> just all the all the lines that Brad Dorif has in this one. One of my favorites is uh, after his hand gets ripped off in the factory scene, which the factory scene is so fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oh, he yeah. he takes he takes the knife that he's using and he sticks. Pardon the grotesqueness, but he sticks the 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 bloody stump of his arm into the knife so he can have a knife hand. And he's just looking at me, and, and I send this gift to Joey all the time. <laughs> 
I hate kids. <laughs> oh. oh, you all right? Okay. Um, I can't say until after the episode. I peeked at something. I'll tell you later. Um, okay. And you'll understand my reaction. Sorry. All right. Um, no, you're fine. Uh, but no, that third act, like, I think I had it rated lower than the first one, but I think I want to go back and raise it up as half star because that third act climax in the Toy Factory was both harrowing and a lot of fun like when they're on the conveyor belt and like kyle is knocked out and on one of the conveyor belts like and like going up going up you're like oh shit and like chucky gets fucked up his legs get sewn sewn down like there's body mangled body parts that like merge with chucky he gets he gets melted by plastic and turns into like a like goopy monster so gross and just it's just also just kind of gross too like seeing all those like unfinished good di- good guy dolls like pile up mm-hmm. i feel also felt bad for like the factory worker yeah uh, in that one that was that sucked for him <laughs> that was is there was like a setup early in the movie where there's like this machine that shoves the eyes into the dolls and the first time it happens a dude gets electrocuted and dies the second time it happens, the dude gets stuck under it. <laughs> I'll just say that. That is, oh yeah, that was um, like that the, was pretty. Sorry, like yeah. the the image is inherently gross, but it's also kind of funny just with the just with the little. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for the for for this for this franchise where it's like it's gross, but it's it so funny. is. I want to, because you you brought this up in the notes. I do want to ask you about the teacher. <laughs> oh yeah, right. Yeah, so t- tell me, tell me everything that's going through your brain about this, this teacher. Lady, this lady is mean, and <laughs> a lot of the things that she's doing uh, would not fly at all today. Uh, <laughs> no, or or at least shouldn't fly. Like it shouldn't. Well, things no. ha- like things do. Like things still happen. Yes, but like this is an especially bad thing where you're like you're locking a child in a room. Yeah, like it's no, like like. Like you contact the principal so you can communicate with the parent or something, you know, like, yeah, like this lady really, and not only that, but that's a lot of effort. (laughs) That's a lot of effort to put in, like, you know, but anyway, but to to give some, just to give some context. Yeah, sure. For this, for this particular scene. Cause I, cause this scene, I think about a lot admittedly. Um, and this scene is I think is brought up whenever like I know like compilations for Chucky the scenes brought up a lot and in like uh, I think that dead meat uh channel on YouTube might have done a Chucky kill count maybe mm, pro- it wouldn't surprise me no and uh, I do like that channel by the way mm-hmm. um but uh basically um Andy's going to his first day at school in this new school system Chucky goes with him. <laughs> this is after Chucky has already inter- like reintroduced himself and tied him to the bed, and is like, "Hey, Andy, I did you miss me? I sure missed you." <laughs> then Kyle gets blamed for it after the parents like are like, "What is going on with this kid?" <laughs> um, but anyway, so he goes to school, and we meet the teacher, who is an actor I recognize from so many things. Um, I don't Grant. know her. Beth Grant. Mm-hmm. She was also in The Artist. So, which uh, we talked about by this point. <laughs> by this point. But it's funny because we're about to 
We're, like, we're, we're about to get down with it. The, our schedule is so weird, but anyway. <laughs> um, so she she's this teacher. Uh, she she like listen. There were, it, it, in movies. There's that archetypal teacher that's just like not a good person. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is not true. Teachers, listen. If any teachers being like, you know, curt with anyone, they're just dealing with a lot. Most I'm not, I'm not saying there aren't bad teachers, but I am saying that a lot of them have a lot on their yeah. plate. It's one of those it's one of those professions that people do like to um, run over. <laughs> Sadly, yeah, um, it's 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 genuinely upsetting. Um, but uh, it, 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 at a time in 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 history, teachers were never really shown in the best light on you know TVs and movies. I don't know why, but I immediately thought of that one teacher from Jimmy Neutron that just is a bird. <laughs> Mrs. Fowl. Mrs. Fowl, literally. Ah, Jimmy! It's your Jimmy, turn to present. This is the th- seventh time in a row you showed Ultra Lord. <laughs> Do you th- think that's a good idea? <laughs> There's so many bird related things. I mean, because Q Neutron was into ducks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Jimbo! Ooh. <laughs> I love the pies. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I always anyway. remember. What was the other thing I remember? Oh, oh, caribou! <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I totally forgot about that. Oh, hey, Jimmy. <laughs> Anyway. Clip, clip, clip. Clip, clip, clip. Clip, clip, So, Andy's going to school, and his teacher is um, very much like, you know, again, like that stereotypical, like, she's, she's studious, she's upright, she's got good posture, and she wants everyone to pay attention to her. Um, if she was wearing glasses at the end of her nose, that would be too much. Um, so, uh... Andy, Andy's a little bit disruptive at one point. I, I hate, I hate the line where she's like, "You're just trying to get, on, you need to be getting on my good side." Mm. Um, and so, uh, Reese, the recess bell hits or whatever, or like the the end of class bell, whatever. And she's looking over the coloring assignment, and uh, Chucky had basically uh tampered with andy's paper and it says in big red uh crayon fuck you bitch (laughs) on it which it's funny like if you ever watch child's play 2 on like regular like cable um it clearly does not say that (laughs) um but yeah it just says just that's how did you find a stranger in the alps Yeah. Sorry. There's a lot of detours today. But you know what? It all, it, it, it's all, it all makes sense. All stay. <laughs> Nothing is going away. Um, but, anyway. We're still talking about the teacher, right? I want to make sure that I'm not... We're still talking about the teacher. Lost, lost my marbles. Yeah, we're still uh, talking yeah, about she, the teacher. It's a, that stereotype, you know... And, and the Chucky doll is there. I, I, one of my favorite things is, like... Is is the is the paper and then it's like she looks at the Chucky doll. And says, oh, you better not! Be. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like like she doesn't she doesn't clock that he's blaming the doll. She just goes, "No, you're not playing with toys. You're in trouble, kid." <laughs> As verbatim what she says in that voice. Yep. Uh, <laughs> she starts to go like she starts talking like Christian Bale's Batman. <laughs> oh my god. This, this was the inspiration. No. You cannot play with toys. <laughs> <laughs> so then so this is this is the moment i was somewhat curious about watching to see what see what joey's react because this is one of the more like famous scenes in the movie so i was I, anytime like a like a big moment happens in the movie i usually look at joey to see what his reaction is so then the moment she locks the door that's when joe what did you say <laughs> you, 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 you dropped a specific word. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say what I dropped. Um, <laughs> I tease. It was, I tease. It was, uh, I, she was terrible, though. Like, yeah. let's, like, you, like, like you were immediately, like, mad, and I was I was just like, oh my god, I hope this doesn't ruin the movie. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's like, listen, this is the kind of movie that it is. Like, I yeah. think about the first movie where there's, like, the department store boss who's an asshole. Yes. It's like, that's, that's the kind of movie these are, like. This is, this uh, is. Uh, they they play they play on the like terrible people trope that happens in horror movies where like there's the terrible persons who are like not as upset that they get killed versus like somebody else. Jurassic Park, the lawyer, you know. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it exactly. Imagine the uh, lawyer, but like with three different people. <laughs> but I'm thinking about like when Chucky is like beating up the teacher and like the can't like the and it's like cuts further, further back from the school. Bah! <laughs> with the with a yardstick <laughs> yes um and uh her name was miss kettlewell i'm just remembering now because mm-hmm. chucky goes you've been very naughty miss kettlewell and that the image of chucky with the yardstick walking towards her with that face just the yeah like this thing just the that's horrifying to me but this one, this one, in you know, in many respects, uh, this is the first movie had to like explain Chucky so that with this movie they could just go crazy. So like yeah. they threw caution to the wind. They were like, we don't care if people like this or don't like this. We actually, after we watched it, uh, were curious what Roger Ebert thought of this movie. Yes, and then Joey found a clip of uh, Siskel and Ebert episode where they talked about this one. What did what did they say specifically? Well, I think um, like Ebert was of two minds. He was of the mind that it's a very well made movie, which yeah. I think is true. It's a well made movie, but also that this is extremely sick and direct. Like, you know, I don't want to like this is uh, not verbatim, but like basically, yeah. like, this is kind of disturbing and disgusting. Yeah. And then um, uh, Siskel didn't, was not as uh, generous. He gave it zero stars. Um, <laughs> Like, and he's just like, I only agree that it's well-directed in, like, the last scene, but it's also really sick. It's like, the abuse that this child goes through, which I can under, like, you know, listen, it's one of those things where, I hate to say it like this, but if you don't like it, don't watch it. Like, there's, like, this is, I think this falls very, I think a lot, it's true very much of a lot of horror things. Like, Mm. if you don't like it, don't watch it. Nobody's forcing you to see this thing. Um, so if you know, if you pay attention to what this thing's about, like, okay, you see the trailer, you look at what, what, why it's rated R or whatever, don't, don't check it out. But again, um, but also the, on the other hand too, like, 
<laughs> there are people like Richard who watch this thing on HBO unsupervised. As a child. Uh, <laughs> as a child. But sometimes people might argue that it's, it's important for you to see media that is like a little above you, you know. Yeah. Ab- above your like uh, age, age. I think we're yeah. I think we're we're at a point where things are so specifically marketed and targeted at people that it leaves I think it, like unless you're like older and you're watching like art house movies or A24 movies there's, you're not going to see things that are going to be like mind-blowing or ch- changing your life as a young person really. Right. Like it's like cuz for the longest time like you know my parents were all, and I've talked about this before like my parents were more or less more relaxed when it came to the kind of stuff that I watched. Like, you know, obviously they didn't want to want me to see nudity. They don't want me to see violence. But at the same time, you know, we had HBO and we had all this stuff. And I had, and even now, like I have trouble sleeping. And so yeah. most of my time would be spent watching late night HBO, just be on. And, you know, there'd be movies that play later on. And the mm-hmm. movies they play later will typically be stuff more related to adults because the kids are asleep. So it's like, hey let's play, you know, these horror movies or let's play these kinds of movies. Though, oddly enough, while HBO was instrumental in me becoming a horror fan, I also was introduced to Bill and Ted that way. Mm. <laughs> so, it was, well, it was also that, but also later on, like, Pizza Hut did, like, this thing where if you ordered a pizza, you can get a DVD of a movie, and one of those movies was Bill and Ted 2. Oh. So I'm like, oh, alright, cool. But, like, I just, it's kind of funny, like, how much late night HBO, which every time I say that, my first thought is porn. But, <laughs> but even so, um, it's funny how instrumental in my development and my movie tastes. Because, like, I think about you with, like, TCM and how you watched that a lot when you were younger. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that for me was just, like, watching movies on HBO that maybe I just couldn't watch in any other capacity. So, like, I watch. Scream 3, or I watch Child's Play 2, or I watch Idle Hands, and then I'm like, I like this kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think, like, things just, programming just being on, yeah. you know, like, that you don't have much control, like, because I don't, you know, it, it was just on, I would assume. Yeah, it was, it was like, just it, on the schedule. It was just on the schedule. Like, today, yeah. today with streaming, you can pick whatever you want. Which can yeah. be good for discovery if you're actively seeking things out. But like Very true. Now, but nowadays, a lot of people aren't. They they know what they want to watch when they get to the service. Like, okay, and this is, again, I get it, because that's me. I'll just put on uh, Shout Factory, ALF. <laughs> <laughs> just binge ALF. And I, and I do it, too. Like, I'll go on a streaming. Because, like, when you get to a point, if you go on, like, Netflix, it can be so overwhelming with all the stuff that they do yes. have. Yes. As yes. much as we do talk about, like, unfortunately, how streaming services will will get rid of things that hurts a lot, some of them will have so much that you're just, like, sitting there, you're like, I don't know what I want to watch. Right. So, like, like, I'm on Netflix, and I'm like, you know, what's a movie on there that I want to watch? There has been moments recently where I'd just be like, oh, this is on here? What? I'm going to watch this, because yes. I haven't seen this in a long time. I like when I have moments like that, but I haven't really... In a long time, and I really want to, but I just need to be in, like, the mindset for it. But it's been a long time since I've just went on, like, a Netflix or, like, Disney Plus and just surfed. I think the closest thing I get to that is when I go on the Criterion channel. Mm -hmm. And what I like about it is they tell you when things are leaving the service. 
Like, which is they nice. Have a whole, they have a whole section. Like, um, that's how I was able to watch the Wachowskis uh, Bound, actually. Mm-hmm. It was on it was on Criterion. It was a pretty solid movie. I, um, I, I still got to finish that one. I've, I've seen yeah. bits and pieces, but I got to watch it. Um, but yeah, like I, I think I think discovery of things is is an ultimate. Like you can really discover a lot of things on streaming, but there's also mm-hmm. like the there's the concept of just like okay, like on TCM, there'd be times where it's like it's not always just like Casablanca and Wizard of Oz, and sometimes it's like this fucking it's not em- not your typical Emperor, Emperor Nero movie from like the sixties. Mm-hmm. And you're just, I'm, I'm homesick and like, okay, it's TCM. I guess I'm just going to put this on. <laughs> I'm seeing, you know, and like, that's important it. too. It's not just yeah. about like, you know, seeing the things you want. It's also just seeing like discovering different things too, which I think yeah. we all, we always, as much as we say like, listen, yeah, it's, it's important to have those movies that you can just go back to as like a comfort. Comfort movies nice. are important, but exploration is just as important. It's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. But that said, like Chucky too, good time. I, I am I am glad that so far, like when we when we got through these first two movies because there was definitely like any like any inherent it's like well, what's he gonna think of this yeah <laughs> oh I, I'm always worried about that when I like, <laughs> I mean go to the grindhouse episode you'll know you'll know the other side of that coin on my you'll know the other side of that but uh, <laughs> I, I still think it's worth ch- checking out that episode I think it's you know it is a good episode actually yeah yeah well. um. Is there anything else you wanted to mention about this movie specifically? Um, um I will say as as far as like the initial three, I think this one's my favorite because yeah. it is. I'm a vibes person ultimately, and I feel like vibes wise, I just have such a fun time with how ridiculous this movie is, and um, you know, again, like all the wide angle lenses, you know, it's like even just the fact that it has the cast that it has is kind of wild to think about like you know jenny agater amazing she's in so many great things um the mrs mrs palmer you said from twin peaks yes uh grace uh zabriskie um Ga- just, grace zabriskie um uh, let me just make sure i'm like uh right zabriskie yeah mm-hmm. um and then of course beef the icon that is beef Gar- Gar- Graham beef himself yes mm, like it's and it, I will say it was such a uh, an amazing switch up to go from like knowing him from this movie where he's this strict like dad like button up tie wearing dad not even like a dad just like I don't even know like he almost felt like a scary uncle <laughs> in this one um, but like then going to what you showing me Phantom of the the Paradise for the first time before we did the episode and just seeing him there and just being like. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, I, he's so much more fun here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It made me respect him that much more as an actor. Yeah. No, honestly. He, he, he can do a lot of things for sure. Yeah. Um, so great know. cast. Also, I love the character of Kyle. Um, I love that we got to uh, continue with Andy. Um, and Brad Dorif is amazing. I like, like I think, I think it was this movie that made me think, how much I would have liked to see him play the Joker. <laughs> and, and obviously that whole, like, he almost was cast, but then obviously Jack Nicholson. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. 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 That happens. Um, anyway, we're going to take a brief intermission. When we come back, we're going to talk about the third installment of the Child's Play series. Stay tuned. <laughs> Thank you. 
And we're back, everyone. But before we get into our discussion of the third child's play, a major development happened right now. Um, uh, very speaking, because again, this is uh, we're talking about a series of movies that are very important to me. A very important movie for Joey has just become available on Blu-ray via the Criterion Collection. Is announced to be coming out this month. As this this month uh, where this episode comes out, and I wanted Joey to do this live on the recording. Joey, what's going on right now? All right. Well, listen. He, the, the the excitement is is palpable. We needed we needed to capture this, guys. So. You don't understand. Um. So when I, we were recording the first half, I I, I was waiting for the Criterion announcements because they happen around mm-hmm. the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. And Richard was talking. It was a good half. There was yeah. there was a moment where he got excited, which we have to keep in now. We I will think. keep in absolutely. And I I got excited. Because I saw the name Freaks, the Todd Browning film, which I've been wanting Richard to see for a very long time. Yes. Because I think it's a very fascinating movie to talk about. And I think mm-hmm. it's a int- good movie. But it's never, it hasn't had a Blu-ray release. And I'm like, come on, come on. Because Todd Browning <laughs> also had a whole retrospective at Lincoln Center, which I saw another mm-hmm. film that is also in this box set that I later discovered. I saw Cheney's face and I'm like, the unknown? It's getting a <laughs> Blu-ray! <laughs> And also, I, I want to note The Mystic, which is a movie that has been rarely seen, is getting mm-hmm. a Blu-ray release, which that is also very exciting. I've never seen it, and uh, I, I'm very, very excited to check it out. It looks like a great set. I think it's called Todd Browning's Sideshow Shockers. Fuck yes. What a, what a great... It, the, the artwork looks beautiful. Um, I, I am so... A criterion, thank you so much. For making need, a box set for literally me and no one else, <laughs> you guys. We're, I, I'm going to need you to pre-order this right now, Joe. I, all right, so let's let's here we go. We're going to pre-order this thing. Oh, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Criterion website. We love you, but please don't make it difficult. Don't make it difficult. Don't, don't make it, it difficult. Right, I'm signing in. Criteria. What page expired? This is so annoying. Just reload. It's okay. Just reload. It's fine. (laughs) 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 All right. Let's see. Next step. (laughs) (laughs) Next step. Next step. Put in his. Put in the credit card information. Unless it's already loaded in. Criterion has my stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Criterion has my stuff. <laughs> they have my soul at this point, especially after they have this. my soul. Um, listen again, Criterion. Thank you for making a box set, literally for me and other people like Todd Browning, of course. But also, but most specifically, but also for Joe Dinny is Dan. a set that late eventually I will buy for Richard, so he will have <laughs> access to Blu-rays, high definition versions of Freaks, <laughs> the Unknown, and the Mystic. The, the the fact that he's not pre-ordering two copies right now is shocking. <laughs> I feel like this is this is important. This is this is history in the making, guys. This is this is history right this here. Is history. You're, you're hearing it right now. What's the spine number on this? Eleven ninety four. Eleven ninety four. Yeah. So. Oh. My goodness. Anyway, okay. All right. Is it is it done? It's done. The deed is done. The deed is done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Um, that 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 needed to be captured. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, this will be fun to listen back to in October. Because <laughs> <laughs> hold on, I want to see what 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 um. It's funny because the Child's Play episode comes out like literally like the Friday before the it uh, comes out. It comes out, yeah. So when this comes out, it'll it'll be well timed. Then that's that's beautiful. Honestly, that's so perfect. Now, getting back to the subject at hand. Um, now, listen, <laughs> I, I have been criticized today, rightfully so, for not giving these movies the proper introductions all right and i get that that's Child's Play three. I, I understand that no no don't 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 step on oh, this okay. right. shut yeah, the fuck yeah. up I, I, i'm stepping back I'm, step, I'm step back yeah i can't i'm listen. i'm literally floating on my chair listen, i will leave we are going to talk about the seminal the classic <laughs> iconic anti-war slasher <laughs> comedy satire featuring a talking dog this is my hey, friends. talking doll. Doll. This Dow. is this is Whitehurst Last Stand, the <laughs> the the demon barber of the military school. This is this is Child's Play for the three. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was saving it for that. I I felt like I had to. You know what? Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's 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 earned. It's earned. It's earned. For it's sure. earned. Uh, I like. Th- I'm gonna start this off by saying I liked this movie. <laughs> <laughs> the end. And that's all. That's all, folks. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Later. <laughs> Laters, Gators. Oh man, no. And you were saying you like this movie. I like this movie. I think it's the weakest of these three. It is. Uh, I agree. The first two can kind of share like a similar like my ranking of them might differ, but they're they're in about the same like wavelength, the same space. Uh, this one's mm-hmm. a step below, but that's okay. That happens. It's a franchise. Um, yeah. This one, I, I also think it's interesting that we it almost plays like a legacy sequel in a in a weird okay. in a weird way because you have Andy. Okay, this time around, Andy's played by a different actors. You noted. Um, yes, I want to. He's played by. Um, you have it up. I don't. Yeah, what's his name? Um, William. Uh, sorry, not William. Justin Way. Uh, Waylon. Uh, who, to my understanding, he played Jimmy Olsen in I think Lois and Clark. Okay. Uh, so y- you can correct me on that, uh, but uh, I'm pretty sure that might be where a lot of people know him from. Yes, this is true, actually. Okay. Um, so shout out um, to our friend Rob, because uh, I know he's a huge uh, Lois and Clark fan. But not a shout out to Dean Kane. In no way, shape, or, or whole, form. No, sorry. I'm thinking of Superman and Lois, I think. My bad. <laughs> I am so sorry. Is Sorry, Rob. Ro- still um, shout out to Rob, because he, he's a cool dude. Uh, yes. Yeah, still shout out to him, but also not... To Dean not Kane. to Dean Kane, absolutely not. P O S. Um, anyway, yes, uh, but he goes like the greatest fear in any children's film. He goes to, <laughs> especially in the nineties, especially in the nineties, military school. I feel like this was a thing that came up 
time and time again in different things, you know, mm-hmm. like wedgies. Okay, how many people have actually <laughs> like experienced wedgies. a wedgie? I have. I have seen a wedgie at some point in my life. I have seen one. Okay, I will say that swirlies. On the other hand, I have not seen <laughs> wedgies. Um, military school and wedgies, right? Like these, these things. I, I remember the Cat in a Hat movie. It was like Alec Baldwin was always threatening the boy with military school. Uh, I re- I remember my mom when I was a kid telling me that if I don't do my chores, that she'll send me to boot camp. And I was like, "What's boot camp?" And then she showed me like a video of like a kid that was on like a one of those reality shows and like TLC or something that was sent to boot camp because he was a bad kid. And it's like I. Most of my experience with anything boot camp after that was uh, my neighbor when he decided to join the military. He went to boot camp and he he got to keep a video of of them like of, of like them doing their like activities at military school. And there was one that he showed us where he was in a gas chamber to like like a bunch of them were lined up in this gas chamber just to like get used to the what could happen to your body, I guess. Yeah. Which was wild. Um, so, like, there's clips of these guys just, like, in tears, like, trying not to, like, pass out or trying not, like, just going, huh, huh. I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> but that's yeah. the extent of my, yeah. Yeah. So, Andy is military in, school. It's at the military school. And he's an adult now, or he's a teenager. Teenager. Basically now. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Going off of the RoboCop thing, they're also still trying to make this this good guy doll. <laughs> they're trying to salvage the good guy doll in some way, I guess. So, like, this, the dude that was, like, the CEO, I guess, of the toy company shows up again in this one. And this movie's this movie is obviously set a significant amount of time after the last one. Um, and so, like, effectively, they... the, the It's... it's crazy the imagery of the opening of this movie you see the factory is covered in cobwebs and you're seeing um uh all of these good guy dolls just like scattered around everywhere and then you see the 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 lower half of chucky after he like escaped by cutting off like his lower half Mm. and he's just like a big gloopy mess after like also after uh getting melted by plastic and this big crane grabs him, but it, like, pierces into Chucky, so blood starts coming out. Mm-hmm. And then blood starts dripping into a fresh batch of, of plastic, like, liquid plastic to make the molds for Chucky. And uh, Chucky is now brought back to life once again. <laughs> and uh, the CEO of the company gets to have the first ever good guy doll off the off the... Uh, the out of the, off the, the 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 conveyor belt or whatever, um, the, uh, or as they said, the good guy of the '90s, and everyone's like, yeah. And then of course, uh, you know, Chucky terrorizes this guy and kills him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he he. One thing you'll notice is that like the first person in all these movies that Chucky kills, he either strangles them or suffocates them. Mm-hmm. Cause he's, cause, cause he's the Lakeshore Strangler. So like in the first movie, he kill the second movie, he kills the one dude by like putting plastic bag over his face, and then this one, he strangles the CEO with uh, a yo-yo, mm-hmm. and then he says the line, 
Nothing like a strangulation to get the circulation going. Yes. <laughs> I just imagine um, Don Mancini writes these scripts and hands them directly to Brad Dorif, and he just goes, I can do this. <laughs> I, I can read this line exactly how you want me to. Let me make it extra. <laughs> make it make it real 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 nasty for you mm. uh, <laughs> so andy is shipped to military school and the the setting for this movie is such an interesting but like kind of a weird concept for like a slasher movie yeah like it made me think of like when jason took manhattan <laughs> but it- it's funny you say that because I was thinking about the setting a little bit of the military school. I think it's a pretty mm-hmm. interesting setting, but oddly yeah. enough, it made me think of like a regular slasher movie because not the military school. It, military school is more hardcore than camp, but it kind of made me think yeah. of like a camp. So it was like that's oh, fair. Yeah, it, it's like okay, you had a bunch of like teenagers. There's some younger kids there, you know, the different different ages or whatever, and you know, I'm like, okay, this is like a hardcore version of like Crystal Lake or whatever. <laughs> that is true, admittedly, yeah. That is true. It's it is it is like it is primarily teenagers. They're all like at but again it's just it's just the idea of military school I think makes it different. Yes, that's true. You know, like the uh they're a lot more uptight. They're like, you know, trying to turn bad kids into good kids. Uh, or um, what does he say? <laughs> we take we take bedwetters and turn them into men. men. <laughs> this movie was made in the nineties. Very much so. <laughs> Just like the mask, this movie wouldn't have worked <laughs> in any other era. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but I think it also made me think is like a leg- legacy sequel kind of thing because you know um, Andy is no longer the the target for um chucky for chucky it's another little boy at this point uh because this other little boy uh what's the other little boy's name um tyler tyler yes yeah um tyler because tyler's because there's the whole thing of like whoever the first one is you reveal yourself or whatever that's the person Mm -hmm. you can try to inhabit and he doesn't do it to andy this time so Andy initially thinks, yeah, you're not going to get me. He's like, oh, I don't want you. <laughs> no, no, like, I got this new prospect now. Um, and so the funny thing, too, is like the differences between when Andy first interacted with Chucky in the first movie and how Tyler interacts with Chucky in this movie. Like, anytime Chucky says anything bad, Tyler just goes, Charles, stop swearing. <laughs> or the fact that he calls him Charles the whole time, which... Chucky hates being called Charles. That's why he's called Chucky. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, Tyler just calls him Charles the whole time and is actually, like, like he's so oblivious to, to the fact that he's talking to a real doll, A, and B. He's so, like, he's, like, Tyler is so trapped in, in, like, this fantastical world that he happens to be best friends with a doll. It's like, it's like, uh, like, the sort of typical, like, like kids movies where like the doll comes to life or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's like, imagine Ted, but before like the rest of the movie, like just that opening scene. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
the parents were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Kill it! Um, but no, Tyler's so oblivious to everything. Even when Chucky's walking around with like a, a bandolin of, of bullets around him and a big freaking knife, like the biggest knife he could possibly find. And Tyler's just like, Charles, come and find me. We're playing hide and seek. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> but what I think makes what I think the struggle of this movie is, at least for me, is that outs like when Chucky shows up, that's when it feels like a Chucky movie. But every other time, it feels like like a typical high school coming of age thing that just happens to be set in military school. Yeah. Yes. So there's a bit there's a bit of a of a contradiction a little bit. Not that it doesn't work, it but it's just there. Yeah, it it feels like two different movies. Um and it the movies don't necessarily gel as as well as you'd like. Yeah. But like um when Chucky interacts, that's when you're like what? <laughs> like that's the best parts. <laughs> um uh, but like when Andy gets there, uh, we were introduced to all these characters in the school. Like there's Whitehurst, um, who's kind of like the, the the nerd, I guess. But um, in the military co- school context, he's seen as the kid that everyone's like, "Why are you even here? You're just a, you're just pathetic disgrace. So why are you even here?" And he's just sitting there going, "Did I choose this? I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm here, right?" But, like, everyone's giving him shit. It's the worst thing. But he turns out to be, like, the fucking hero. But we'll get to that. Yes. Um, then, we, then we meet De Silva, who... Uh, I don't know her name, the actor's name, but I know she plays Will Ferrell's wife in Old School. <laughs> Which is such a random, like... Uh, Perry Reeves? Perry Reeves plays De Silva? Mm-hmm. Okay. She's very good in the movie, and she's effectively like the love interest of andy but i like that it sort of swapped so that andy sort of plays like somewhat of a damsel in distress for yes. her to save him yes which is i thought was really cool and, and pretty pretty progressive honestly um like even like there's a scene where you know he's uh confused why he can't shoot the target during target practice and she just goes over and she's like it's like this but of course you know he kind of likes her, so he's like trembling a little bit, and he can't hit the target still. And she's like, "You're not, you're not paying attention." It's like, I wonder why. G Wilkers. <laughs> um, but sadly, she has not shown up again in the rest of the series, which bu- which bums me out. But maybe in another season of the show, we'll get something. But um, she plays a sort of love interest, and then there's Shelton. <laughs> Fucking Shelton! <laughs> what a loser, jo- Joey. Tell me, tell me your feelings on Shelton. He's, he's a loser. <laughs> he cares way too much. <laughs> when we get to the end of the movie, when they're doing their like their like paintball game thing or whatever, and he takes it way too seriously. <laughs> no. Every th- and- no, no, no. no. The, 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 even worse is when okay, Chucky goes missing, and at this point, he just thinks it's a doll that he's confiscated. And then he get, yeah. makes everybody do exercises as punishment. <laughs> and then everybody hates Andy because it's because obviously Andy took the doll. And I'm just like, I, my letterbox review is the price of freedom is high, but it's a price I'm willing to pay. It's like uh, Shelton <laughs> as he forces people to exercise because there's a missing doll. 
What a loser. The f- also, the other funny thing is, like, the leader of this goddamn, like, clown show, uh, the old guy, Cochran or whatever. Yeah, something like uh, that, yeah. He's Colonel, hold- Colonel Cochran. Colonel Cochran or whatever. He's holding Chucky's yeah. hand as he's, like, it's like he's, like, escorting, like, a prisoner, but he's got a <laughs> doll. He's got the hat on and everything. I'm like, jeez, Louise. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, bit, I also yeah. Sorry, I also love anytime someone holds Chucky, they deliberately like run into a door or something. Yes, that's funny. <laughs> but you were saying, I'm sorry. No, um, it's just you know like okay, these military like tryhards, and there's the barber, like oh the barber, like the moment he showed up, I was like Joey, the barber. The barber should be a Hall of Fame <laughs> character, honestly. <laughs> Presto, you're bald. <laughs> I love what it's it's so ridiculous. I love when he's in uh, who's the actor that plays the barber? I want to shout him out, um, honestly. I think is it Burke Burke Burns? Burke Burns? Let me let me plays check. the barber. This is very important information, folks, so this is. No, that's he's not the barber, it's a different guy. Give me one second. Um, well, whoever Burke Burns is, he he plays. Thumbs up. Okay, he plays the guy. He's the the other old guy who's telling everybody the directions for the paintball game. Initially. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen him in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. Let me see. Uh... <sighs> Give me one second. If you, keep, if you want to keep talking about other things as I do this. Well, I I'm just really focused on this. <laughs> this is fu- <laughs> Andrew Robinson. Excuse me. Because um, Andrew. Robinson. Andrew Robinson, uh, Sergeant Botnick. Um, he he kind of looks like he would be on Twin Peaks as well, so I'm surprised you he, didn't be like, hey, uh, you know this what? dude. I, You're right. He does look like he'd be like a Twin Peaks uh, resident. He does. Um, if he is, we need to find this out at some point. I mean, you've watched the whole thing, so I, I imagine you would have known already. But I would have I would have noticed because the, a lot of the twin Pe- a lot of the Twin Peaks people are pretty distinct. Like Grace Zabriskie, it's like mm-hmm. you don't forget her. Honestly, like, no, it's one of those. Like, She's got a very distinctive look. Yeah, yeah exactly. She's very good. Mm-hmm. And then this guy, it, <laughs> Andrew Robinson, so good, so good. Uh, old, older <laughs> Andrew Robinson. I just see a picture of him. He looks like um, Jim Broadbent a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's kind of amusing if you check out the Wikipedia. So we just so we just need him to be in Paddington Three <laughs> as like Jim Broadband's cousin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I have my own antique shop in America. Um, but no, he he plays this barber that gets way too much pleasure out of cutting the hair of like all these students. Um, so like I love the scene in the cafeteria. Where he's just like scoping it out. <laughs> he's on. A, he's clearly on a mission to find who's got hair way too long. So he'll like grab. He'll he'll literally like grab a hold tightly onto these kids' hair, pull them back, and say, "When's the last time you had a trim?" Or like, <laughs> "See me Friday." <laughs> or like he 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 just like glides his fingers through Andy's hair, and he goes, "Wednesday." <laughs> I mean, and then immediately, just because I had to look at Joey and say, "Do you mean your your television program?" <laughs> no, I thought we were gonna go on just Thursday. A... <laughs> Thursday. Wednesday. Wednesday. 
<laughs> Wednesday Adams, more like Thursday Jones. I don't even know. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, he's he's so weird. Though I loved when uh, he walks past De Silva and she just like moves her hair in front of him, and he's like, uh, <laughs> "God damn it!" Um, but then, um, sorry, he uh, he he uh, he gets a, he gets a death scene because obviously he's he's kind of a villain. Um, he finds Chucky hiding in his cabinets, and Chucky full on Sweeney tots him, <laughs> like straight razor to the throat, and he he goes. Like, cause his his quote is "Presto, you're bald." Uh, so Chucky goes, "Presto, you dead." <laughs> and then Whitehurst comes down to Chucky, just standing there, and Chucky goes, "Boo!" <laughs> <laughs> but Whitehurst, the real freaking hero of the piece, man. You know, got to talk about Whitehurst because he get, he gets Whitehurst. He's like the punching bag for for the school. He's oh polishing my God. the shoes. Yeah. He gets bullied. You know, even the barber like it says, "You're a waste of space. Why are you here? Why are you, like, <laughs> like what is what is going on? You know, that's bad." Bark- Barkley and De Silva are like the only ones, and even the one the one person who's like De Silva's friend, like the redhead, yeah. is like when 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 he goes Whitehurst, when, when he die when he dies, she's upset. Um, yeah, and like like and but there's a lot of instances where he's like they're like, "Oh, is he a coward?" kind of thing, and then there's a scene where Chucky pulls out a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a grenade. He chucks it after. Uh, he chucks it towards Andy and everybody. And Whitehurst sees this, and in a, a sheer act of bravery, true like Steve Rogersness here, he lands on the grenade. Now, unfortunately, you know, unlike Steve Rogers, it was a dummy grenade. This one was a real one. Yeah. And so Whitehurst unfortunately does die, but he saves literally everybody. Yes. In the process of it. But also, can we just appreciate, too, like, I, I, Chucky puts in real bullets in the, <laughs> like, because they're doing a paintball thing, but he, put, he takes yeah. out the paint, puts in bullets, and I'm like... It, that's so creative. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're just kind of going, that's horrible, but I appreciate it. <laughs> but it's also like, I almost wish they went farther with it. Like, it, it's like a cool... Yeah, like, it, honestly. Not yeah. that I want to see, like kids sh- shooting each other in a move but like no. but it's one of those things where you're like oh man this is this is interesting because this is a place like, this is where the stuff is easily accessible to these people and the bullets are placed in like this is interesting but you know whatever it, it, it i i i remember when that when that hat when i initially watched the movie and that happened i thought i th- again my first thought was that's 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 kind of wild <laughs> And so, like, like, because he only took out the bullets of the red team, which makes sense because it's red paint. So you could probably like figure out like what? Yeah, I thought it was just paint, right? Um, but uh, they're out in the forest, um, and Chucky literally plans it all. Just like you know, he's sitting at this like old jeep, and he's got uh, De Silva and Tyler held hostage. Well, he's got De Silva held hostage. Tyler's escaped, right? Um. And uh, he's basically like, come to the old Jeep, Andy, if you want to see her alive again. And then he's like, red team, red team, come in, red team. And at no point does the red team be like, who's, who is this? <laughs> They're just like, this is red team. <laughs> we got a situation over at the red, over at the old Jeep. I love the, um, like, when he's like, we got to get the reds. Oh, he's helping the reds. And you're just thinking about <laughs> the Soviets. <laughs> 
<laughs> the little fucker's doubling for the Reds. And it's like, no! <laughs> that is not what's happening, but, Shelton. But also... Get this, your head out of your ass! This movie is also weird, too, because you have a carnival, like a, like a little like, fair, and then there's like a, a, a fun, like, you know, spooky dark ride that's there, too. <laughs> and I'm like, I did not expect this to be the climax of this, uh, this here film. But... The moment a dark ride showed up, I was like, this is where I get Joey. This is where Joey comes cool. in. <laughs> it, it was cool. <laughs> it was a cool setting. And then that's also, like, where we get, like, the final confrontation with, with uh, Tyler and Chucky. And it doesn't, like, what I find interesting after watching it this time is that I, I, I guess I never, like, thought about it before. But it doesn't have, like, necessarily, like, a finite... Like, it has an ending, obviously. Like, Chucky dies, he he gets his face sliced off by a giant, like, scythe. That was gnarly. From, like, a... That was gnarly. And then he gets pushed off of this, like, skull volcano thing into a fan. And, uh... Then, of course, in, like, Bride of Chucky, the more, like, recent iteration of the... Like, Chucky happens where he gets sewn together and he looks like Frankenstein, basically. Um, but, uh... What I didn't realize... And what I I guess I didn't clock initially was like, it's not really the end of the story for Andy because it's like it's not like a happy ending for Andy because no. he just he he gets basically taken to jail. Yeah, but like or like that's what it's assumed because uh, you know there's still no evidence for the doll. Um, there's there's it's still sort of like an urban legend. There are some people that probably believe it. There's probably some people that don't, especially how often it's happened. Um. De Silva is still alive, so she knows. Tyler's still alive, so he knows. Um, Kyle's still alive, so she knows. The mom's still alive, so there's still people that can can you know basically say, "Hey, this is what happened." But the whole world's just like this. This Andy kid needs to be put in jail. So effectively, you know, at the end of the movie, De Silva, who was injured, is put into a, an ambulance and taken to the hospital, and then Andy is put in a cop car, so I'm like, he's going to jail. I never even thought about that. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> and, you know, so... Now, I don't know if they mention it in, like, the later ones when he does show up again. Like, they do mention, obviously, like, he went to military school and stuff. When we meet when we meet Andy again in the later movies, which, if we, you know, I imagine we'll do an episode on those at some point, but um, if, if I'm on this show, <laughs> we're doing Chucky again. Um... <laughs> But um, like he he sort of turns into like like a like a hardened sort of Rambo type. Like he's not super buff or anything. Like he does he doesn't have like a bandana. He's not like an action hero. But he's definitely like treated as like a hunter slash survivor kind of guy. Like he lives in a cabin in the woods and he's got like guns everywhere. I'm thinking and about he's... Um, Laurie Strode in the Halloween. Yeah, in the, in the new Halloween yeah. movies. It's very much in that sort of vein. Um, another universal movie. Uh, and that also makes sense, too, because that's another situation where people don't take it as seriously. Like, they know the those murders happened in, in Halloween, but they're like, it's not a lot of people that got killed. And it's like, so yeah. like in this age of, like, true crime podcasts and things like that, you know, it's like... Hey. Yeah. And then I imagine that's sort of a similar situation with that character, with Andy, and just everything he went through. I will say it is nice that at one point in the later films, it seems like he gets to have like, like his, it seems like his mom's living like a normal life now. Cause he's like on the phone with her. Just like, yeah, I'll come and visit, you know, as soon as I can, you know, I love you mom. Like, a, like, which is nice. That is nice. Um, 
but it's sort of wild that like for the longest time this was the last time we ever saw that character of Andy and everything that he'd went through because in the set because in Bride of Chucky obviously the focus is on two new characters and then Chucky were introduced to someone from his personal life with Tiffany played by Jennifer Tilly and then the then after Bride of Chucky that was the last Chucky movie directed by anyone that didn't create like basically these first all three all three of these movies were all made by a different director and then child's play and then um bride of chucky effectively child's play 4 was made by ronnie Yu, who directed freddy versus jason um and then from the rest for the rest of the series from the next for the next three installments onto the tv show don mancini who created chucky directed him gotcha so that's what i was trying to point out so uh and and i don't think bride of chucky came out to like maybe the late 90s early 2000s so it was a little bit there was a little bit of time that passed Mm. so uh, for the longest time effectively this was the last one wow and then we never knew what happened to andy until the 2010s (laughs) (laughs) and and also kind of makes sense too because out of all out of the three these first three it's the lowest grossing. It made twenty million on a budget of thirteen million, which isn't great. Um, no. It probably recouped its like when you consider home video, it probably did yeah. you know pretty decent. But again, like that's not that's not the kind of return that you want. Like you're not even making twice your budget at that point. Um, no, you know not to get into that. But again, uh, this is a, this is a fine movie. I think I think the first two are a little mm-hmm. more creative and a lot more more fun. I think. Especially the second mm-hmm. one, it was really fun. This one, it does have some interesting ideas. Uh, I feel bad for the garbage man. Um, I don't know if we got to say that. That was yeah. That was hard. That poor garbage man didn't deserve that. That was really rough. Because um, no. he was genuinely concerned that somebody was about to get crushed, and that's like, but like, like, the, like these movies definitely follow, like I mentioned before, like that trope of like terrible people like get their comeuppance sort of thing, which you know became like a tired trope in horror for a long time. Um, and still kind of is, but it reappears every so often. Um, this, that's one of the few people that, that dump, that garbage man, that's one of the few people that you're like, yeah, right. But you need that in order to, to, to hate Chucky. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> have some, some like that, I suppose. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, other than that, if it was just the teacher <laughs> and Shelton, you're like, do I really hate Chucky? <laughs> right. Right. Um, um, yeah, but you prior to us, like prior to us getting to this, you said you had some questions that you wanted to ask uh, me. Did I answer some of those already? You, or? you might've answered some of them because like you t- talk about like what happens with these characters, like, oh, that's my question. Cause like, n- I think about Halloween, Halloween is so many like different, like branching timelines depending on how, how you watch the movies. You can't just watch all mm-hmm. the Halloween movies. I mean, you could, but you can't watch them. You could. But you can't watch them as, like, a like if I, if I would watch, like, um, like Star Wars, I could watch the, the Star Wars movies, and it's like they're in the same continuity. Things might feel weird, but it's like, does, is Chucky... I mean, I, I guess the 29... The reboot is a reboot, so it might be a separate issue, but mm-hmm. um, are other than that reboot, are all of the movies, like, canon... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, um, so like the, the initial three movies, like what's kind of funny is like after this one, 
and they change uh, to the like of Chucky series because it's like Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky, and then just Chucky. Um, like when we first are introduced to Chucky in the last in uh, in Bride, um, uh, what's kind of funny is um, I'm just going to spoil the opening of the movie. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so um, there's a cop. His name's Bailey. Um, and that's important because he actually shows up later at some point for some random reason. But Bailey uh, is basically paid by Jennifer Tilly's character, Tiffany, who's uh, was like an old flame of Charles Lee Ray's, um, to find the, the remains of the doll that is Chucky. So he goes into like a police uh, evidence locker room. Right. And you you see a chainsaw, you see a glove with knives with for fingers, you see a hockey mask. So it's basically saying Chucky exists, and it's not a fa- like you could argue it's like making Chucky canon and all these other movies, right? But you could also just be like Chucky. It's it, it could also just look at like Chucky is effectively like one of these horror icons, and deserves his place in in that in that ballpark but it is cool to have those little things especially since after that one ronnie you directed freddy versus jason but um uh basically uh in this bag is all those pieces of chucky that were destroyed by that fan and so like it's kind of crazy that it just starts right there (laughs) and and you just see jennifer tilly like sewing all the pieces together and he looks grotesque Mm -hmm. Like, like he's got like this big old crack on one side of his face, so it's like his eyes like fleshy, <laughs> and then like he, he's got kind of like a widow's peak sort of thing. Right. Um. But no, all of them are canon. But what's crazy is that like each movie gets progressively crazier and more meta, even. Oh. Because wow. like in Seed of Chucky, because like in Seed of Chucky, um, the victim, like the Andy character, is Jennifer Tilly. Like, the actor Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> um, and at one point, Chucky kills Britney Spears. I remember you telling me this. Yeah, because it's not actually Britney Spears. It's like someone acting as Britney Spears. But um, it's they don't even play, like, a song or anything. But it's like Chucky's, like, it's Chucky's having an outing with his kid. <laughs> Again, these get sillier. Yeah. He's having an outing with his kid. So, he's, so they stole... Uh, jennifer tilly's car and they're driving it around and britney spears cuts them off on the road and so chucky gets his revenge by pushing her off onto the side of the road and she blows up and he goes oops i did it again yep (laughs) leave britney alone guys yes um (laughs) i mean that i mean that sincerely but (laughs) um but uh they're like the movies get so that's where it like continuity wise it gets sort of wild because then it's like now there's real life stuff happening (laughs) like there's actual people involved into this narrative um so like when you get to the show uh so again another spoiler tiffany takes over the body of jennifer tilly that's funny so 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 tiffany is jennifer tilly and and then like jennifer tilly is trapped in the tiffany doll (laughs) at one point oh my god and there's a whole episode where Gina Gershon, Joey Pants, and Jennifer Tilly's actual sister show up to Jennifer Tilly's house to hang out with her because they're nervous, like, what's going on with Jennifer Tilly? She hasn't been out in a while. Um, 
<laughs> and then it, we find out that apparently she's had a love affair with Gina Gershon and Joey Pants. <laughs> this is this is kind of wild. Like it gets increasingly more meta as it goes on. And then, like, just to add to it, because it's fun, like, Devin Sawa shows up on the show, Perfect. and, you know, I love Devin Sawa, um, and and in the in the first season, he plays the main character's dad, and he plays the twin brother of the, of the main character's dad, who is, like, uh, like a more well-off character, and then in the, in the second season, he plays a completely different character that's, like, a priest, like, the head of this, like, Catholic school. Right. These movies get weirder and like more insane as they go on. So I'm, I'd be I'd be definitely curious, like, because obviously you see these movies and you see the like the DNA of the silliness when you were watching. Them. Yes. And even just like the initial idea of like, oh, it's a talking doll. That's that's pretty that's pretty silly, just from the the, the from the start. Yeah. Um, but then it's like. Once, once the guy who created this whole thing, Don Mancini, takes over, it's like, let's lean into this. Mm-hmm. Let's really lean into this. And also, I love the fact that uh, nothing, like, uh, when he leans into it, like, it's not like a wink and like a, oh, look how silly we are. It's just like, we're weird. Right. Let's just go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I'd, I would definitely be curious. I mean, we'll probably never, like, get to the show necessarily on this, but... Um, but to, to, I'd be really curious to see what your take is on the latter half of this franchise. <laughs> I'd be, I, I would, I would be curious. This could be your, your next, the next Batman where we just go through, <laughs> just go through it. <laughs> but my, I guess my question to you is like, a- after having watched all these movies now, like what's your, what's, I guess, what was your big takeaway after watching all of them? And then I guess what were you expecting before I told you I really, but like, what were you expecting like the later ones to be like the later ones that we watched of these three or like, like before I told you like what, what, what they, what they kind of are, like, what were you, what did you have like, like a preconceived idea? Maybe. I mean, I I feel like Chucky's one of those things you just kind of know he's got, like he curses. He's, you know, there's, there's funny, uh, some horrific stuff. Um, I, I think I was amazed, like, uh, all the backstory, also, mm-hmm. um, of this character, and um, I wasn't expecting that, and I also, I guess I just wasn't expecting either that Andy would be in the first three movies. Like, I, I was expecting it to just be like, oh, we're gonna have another kid, like, immediately. Like, it was gonna be, like, an anthology sort like, of thing. Almost an anthology thing, I guess, yeah. And I guess it's, it also mm-hmm. kind of is interesting, too, that, that like... Like, how much of a continuity and, like, how much more just, like, <laughs> stranger it gets as, as it goes on. Um, but it, yeah. and it also is another one of those things, too, where, like, the 80s, there were so many different, like, slasher things. Like, it was mm-hmm. and how much money they made uh, early on. <sighs> There's a lot. <laughs> Big bucks. Yeah. I almost, like, I always think about... Um, cause like, you know, we're big fans of U- the universal monsters and I know you are especially a big fan of the universal monsters. I always thought about like, what would be sort of a, like a later iteration? Like if they were going to add more as opposed to like rebooting them like they do now. Um, I always thought, you know what, Chucky, you know, he's a universal yeah. property now. He could effectively fit there. You know, you know, he could be a universal monster. 
um i mean it's not like a gothic right you know yeah yeah like atmospheric thing jaws um candy man i think could fit in that mold as well it's Um, it's it's one of those things where i i think about like because like you frankenstein dracula wolfman they're like the old icons of horror and then you have yeah like a more modern like would be like freddy jason jason uh, or like michael michael myers um chucky you know that's like the slasher the slasher era of these things mm-hmm. and i'm sure there's other things as they go on but i i guess i also like like the appeal for me with some of these like slasher movies is like i always like a like a like a singular like monster like roaming around in these things you know and that's always mm-hmm. the appeal like you know, frankenstein it's like everybody's like going about their days like oh shit it's a frankenstein monster fuck um <laughs> <laughs> oh shit dracula's about to eat me <laughs> 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 I mean, obviously, there's other like things like Bra- Dracula's brides and like you know other stuff, but like mm-hmm. it's just cool to have like a, a single monster. It's like like in the Universal's case, like seventy minute movies, uh, <laughs> and then like, Chucky's like an 80, 80, 90 minute movie, and he's going around killing people. They do watch Bride of Frankenstein in Bride of Chucky, actually, which yes. is fun. Yes, yeah. Um, so like they definitely know the legacy that they come from. You know, yeah, uh, which is also cool because I remember when we did the Universal makeup show. Which again, thank you for deciding to do that, and I'm glad you became a fan of it. Yeah, because that's, that's yeah, I've always wanted. My... I always wanted to do it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where mm-hmm. it's like it's been there forever, but I've never never done it. But I just remember like there being a Chucky doll, like from like the, you know, uh, I think from this era or maybe even the Bride era. I don't remember when I went to. Uh, Universal, but um, when I was a kid, but uh, I just remember there being a Chucky doll. I don't know if there was one there when we went. Mm. Was there? Um, I'm trying to remember. It's hard for me to remember. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember there being one, but I remember at the time there was one. Um, and so that's an like I love that. I love that it's just another one of those things. Like there's like this whole legacy with Chucky, and it's one of those big icon characters of like the horror genre. Um. And I'm I'm glad I was able to introduce this to you, and I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah, no, this the the, the these were fun. <laughs> you know, uh, so as as the series goes on, you know, we'll, we'll explore more of that. I do because I know I've 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 followed franchises on our show from my end, but I don't. We haven't really done that for you, so I want to get that for you at some point. I, for some, because I know we've th- maybe done a few things, but I would I would like to maybe explore some stuff that you have a connection you know it's one of those things where like i feel like a lot of my franchises you either we can either like fragment we've either like fragmented or like um like we did with batman like we did with batman like um like universal monsters would be like one of the big ones and we've Mm -hmm. we've done we've talked earlier this month we talked about dracula frankenstein uh Mm -hmm. you know and we talked about bride of frankenstein of course talked about the wolfman uh, talked about the, um, the mummy, Invisible Man is one of our first episodes. Um, mm-hmm. We got to do Apes at I some think, point. I know we talked about the the remakes. I think the the reboots. The Apes sequels would be an episode. I think it would mm-hmm. almost be like the when we talked about like the Scream, like the Wes Craven Scream movies. Um, like like split it up like boom boom like like just like because we talked about the original movie. We talked about the reboot um, trilogy. We talked about the remake. Um, by Tim Burton, and I think the only other way, because like I don't know if I would want to pair the sequels with other movies necessarily. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those, but um, 
And then Indiana Jones, I know we've talked about just doing it as one big thing because yeah. it's Indiana Jones. We did it with Star Wars. So we're waiting on Dial for that one to like come out at home. I think right? so. Yeah, I know I I personally talked about maybe doing like um like the Spielberg Lucas adventures, like the first four as its own episode, and then Dial would be a special presentation. But I guess at this point, if it's five movies, just fuck it. We're gonna do it. We'll do it as one, I suppose. That that'll that'll be outside of maybe the Star Wars episode where we had no clue what we were doing. That'll probably be one of our more ambitious episodes. I think. I think one of our more ambitious ones ones in recent memory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it might, that might be one where you have to do it in pieces. <laughs> like, where we just like, okay, <laughs> we, we feel like watching Temple of Doom? Alright, cool. We're going to talk about Temple of Doom now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so like like we do Raiders and Temple, and then we do... Oh, no, we'd be Raiders, Temple, Last Crusade. Oh, you know what? We could do La- Raiders, Temple, Last Crusade, and then have uh, Crystal Skull and old Dial as its own episode. Old yeah, so like Young Indy versus Old we Indy. We could. That, that, could, that, be could that could be good as well. If you wanted to... Yeah. If you wanted to break it up. Yeah, because I actually think, because, um, again, like, because that's the new debate. The debate used to be which one's worse, Temple of Doom or, um, we're getting into this. I'm realizing we're getting, we're talking about, like, Chucky, we're getting into Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, it's, 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 we're talking about franchises we grew up with and we have a fight I, I guess for, so it's all it, relevant. It's like, like. The first three, it's kind of like they're a similar DNA, so it makes sense to group them. Those are the ones I grew up watching on VHS in constant rotation. And then King yeah. Crystal Skull obviously met, came out many years later, and so did Dial of Destiny. Dial of Destiny came out, it's crazy to think about, Dial of Destiny came out like almost as many years later as like Crystal Skull did from Last Crusade, which is a weird yeah. thing to think about. So it's a whole generation. And, like, now that's the new debate. All right, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer Crystal Skull? Do you prefer Dial of Destiny? You know, and there's a lot to... And you haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet. You know some of the stuff that so I've, I have... I I know more or less the plot, but I, I still... You, but knowing the plot and seeing the movie are two different Not things. the same thing. Not the same thing. No. It's not the same thing at all. Um, but beyond that, folks, who's your favorite slasher? What's your favorite Child's Play or Chucky movie? Do you like the show? Are you a Chucky person? Yeah. Are, are you, you a Chucky fan? Are you a Chucky fan? Um, you, <laughs> just the emphasis on fan. Fan. Did you like or dislike Shelton? <laughs> if you liked him, why? <laughs> if it, I, I, if you like Shelton, I demand it in the form of a five-paragraph essay, MLA format, <laughs> works cited page. <laughs> Speaking of that, did you like the teacher? If so, same rules apply. Same rules uh, also apply. <laughs> Any characters in the first? Oh, the boss. Um, oh, the department store if you boss. like the department store boss, Walter, that's his name. Of course. <laughs> Cause, of, cause, of course. <laughs> of course. Cause, cause, what else would it fri- be? Because <laughs> the friend who uh, uh, who was from Greece, that I, that's why I was like, oh, it's her from Greece. She just looks at him and goes, chill out, would you, Walter? <laughs> It's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone, and happy Halloween. Boom. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Feature.
uh, how are you guys doing? I hope you're doing well. If this even stays into the episode, I don't even know. 